and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith, and thank you for listening. David is once again not here. David, by the way, for future reference, David's never going to be here for the Oscar recap episode. He has recused himself. He, for whatever reason, he watched the Oscars tonight. He didn't watch uh, watch them with me and my friends. He watched them with his wife and uh, his dog and his cat. Sounds like a real nice, relaxing evening. Uh, he is. He has no interest in talking about the Oscars. And you know what? To a certain point, I don't blame him <laughs> because after a while, I, there are times when I feel like Ugh, I kind of wish I wasn't watching these. Oh, but I guess I have to because I have to. I have to say something about them. But uh, so yeah. So hopefully you guys will forgive us because David is not here. But I've got good news. The same guys that were here last year, they're here again. It's friend of the show, Jason Aiken. Hey, how's it going? And our, what is our title for you? I guess just uh, one of our, uh, a valued member of, of the Battleship Pretension podcasting fleet, the host, co-host, pardon me, of the What the Fuck Are You Watching podcast, Kyle Anderson. Hello. Uh, can I not be, am I not a friend of the show? Wow, that sucks. <sighs> well, you are. Anybody what about who... an esteemed colleague? I like that. Mm. I'll be in <laughs> Tyler does not. <laughs> Firm no from Tyler. Boy, I really wish you had not brought that up, Jason. Um, no, uh, it's weird. Uh, for some reason, okay, so everybody who's been on the show is a friend of the show. But for some reason, I don't know why, Jason has become known as officially friend, friend of, of the, the show, That's right. Jason Eakin. That's true. That is his title. To the extent that when listeners refer to him, they will call him friend of the show, Jason Eakin. Yeah, It's right. very strange. I think it's because... Yeah, I, I, you know what? It, maybe it's because, no offense, Jason, for a long time, you had no title. Like, I could call you writer, podcaster, sure. whatever, and then yeah. you quit that podcast that you did. I finished um, it. Right, you completed it. You were one of the few people who actually came, finished a podcast. Yeah, most people don't see the end of a podcast. No. I rounded that bend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're afraid to go near that cliff. I crested that mountain. <laughs> but, here, but you know what? Here's it's the a dark deal. day, let me just tell you. It, winter is coming? Yeah. So... All right. <clears throat> it's a Game of Thrones reference, a show I've seen one episode of. And that Kyle and I often watch together. We do. Oh, like entire seasons of it's it. It's a thing oh. we do. Yeah. That and Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But you know what? Jason, here we go. Yeah. So for a long time, you didn't have a title. You were simply friend of the show. But now you are writer, mm-hmm. director. Sure. Rack on tour, which I'm not. I'm still not 100 percent sure what that means, but uh, that's more like a teller, a teller of tales. Yeah, that's true. You've told you've told yeah. me a tale or two in my time. Um, Post Oscar is is always silly. I apologize, everybody. <laughs> uh, there are people who said they could not take last year because we were quite silly. So, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, strap in, Harriet. Yeah, this, <laughs> damn it! You're going to alienate our Harriet listenership. She um, needs to strap in, is all I'm saying. Uh, no. <laughs> so, That's the best. So here's the situation. So now, Jason, now, of course, uh, you have, uh, you've directed films before, one that I was in, and it was a delight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, you have a new film that people can see, provided they live in the Los Angeles area in the month of March. Yeah. Uh, tell us about it. Well, it's called Desk Job. All right. And it stars um, uh, another... Uh, Frequent guest of your show, Pat Healy, Mm -hmm. and we just got into the Los Angeles Shorts Film Festival, which I am told is uh, 
is, is a different thing from the L.A. Shorts Fest. Okay, that's where I got confused. Right, so. I got confused too, because I Googled it one time and I didn't find anything. So I had to go to the link that they sent me, which I have helpfully posted on Twitter. Indeed. Uh, Pat's re- we, just got, we just finished our poster, um, which was designed by uh, uh, Adam Rebataro. Another often, friend of the show. Another friend of the show who often designed the Battleship Pretension Live posters. That's right. Um, I'm going to say my poster is better. Um I mean, it's just more professional. Do you see this Calvin and Hobbes alien thing? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's cute and all, but, uh, you know, if you want some professional craftsmanship. Do you see the reference to the Incredible Hulk uh, Wolverine first appearance comic cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's all real real cute kid stuff there. And then Adam didn't do this one. (laughs) I know. Oh, that's my favorite. (laughs) Uh, No, so Adam Rebataro and his wife, Vanessa Rebataro, Mm -hmm. um, they are one uh, kick-ass team. Yeah. Of, of artists, great. it's it's fantastic. So, it's so sort the, of so the film is called yeah. Desk Job. Yes. All right. It has been in pro- I mean, not in production. I mean, uh, you finished it uh, a few months ago at this point. Yeah. Um, but you've been working on it for well over a year. Yes. Um, you know, writing it for a while, and then uh, you you shot it with Pat and uh, other friend of the show, Bill Dwyer, uh, is yeah. involved. And so, uh, Bill Dwyer uh, it does does a voice. Uh, the voice of a a lawyer on the phone. He has about a three minute scene. Yeah, and I'm going to say he had when we recorded his dialogue, he had us crying with laughter within you know thirty seconds. Yeah, he does that. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, so the film we we won't go into a lot of detail about it, uh, but yeah, the I've seen the film myself. Kyle has also seen it, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've I worked on the movie. That's right. Yeah, that's you right. did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was just sitting around with my thumb up my ass. <laughs> yep. Uh, just Thanks for nothing, Tyler. Just that's providing what... moral support, which, yeah. uh, you know, that and uh, a dollar will get you, um, I don't know, what costs a dollar these days? A slice know. of pizza at 7-Eleven. May- oh, oh, God. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess a dollar is the cost of a stomach ache. Yeah. yeah. What you're it saying. will buy you poison is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that K-O-Pectate costs a lot more than a dollar. I'll, buy yeah, I'll I tell you that much, guys. <laughs> turned into hey. this guy all of a sudden. Hey, babe. So, um, are we all doing our Chicago? <laughs> I was going into Dennis Miller. That's, yeah, it, was, it was a little more Millery, yeah. I think. Oh, but. I got you. I got you. So, uh, so yeah. What are the dates of the uh, of the Los Angeles Shorts Festival Film Festival? Los Angeles Shorts, Shorts Film, Film Festival. Festival. Okay, right. It's it. a it's a mouthful. Yeah. Um, it is March thirteenth through the fifteenth, I yeah. believe. So, the edge of March. Oh, oh, for God's beware, sake. beware them. Are we? I mean, I mean, can we just, for God's sake, okay, please I'm continue? Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> this is what happens when we don't have a sponsor. Movie I, dropped out last week. I know. And boy, now it's just. Uh, and boy, are they regretting it <laughs> now, aren't they? Listening to the show, going, we could have been in on this action. No, if we, if I, if this had been sponsored, I would have, you know, you would have cut off this, the, yeah, this, this right, silliness. I get immediately. you. Anyway, so here's the point. Okay. Um, March 13th through 15th, um, it's in the dramatic film category, because although it's kind of a dark comedy, I think it tends toward the dramatic. Mm-hmm. So uh, so as opposed to being a less funny, more dramatic comedy, yeah. I'd much rather be a funnier drama. Yeah. I think that tends to go better. So it's part of that. It's part of that slot. And I believe it's going to play both 
March 14th in somewhere in North Hollywood. I'm not sure the theater yet. And then uh, the 15th, which is a Sunday in Santa Monica. Yeah. And once we get the specific times and stuff, I'll go ahead and put it out on the BP Twitter page and, the, and our Facebook page and stuff so that if you live in the Los Angeles area, you can come and support Jason and see a really good movie, by the way. Like I said, I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. So, um, okay, but we need to move on as I turn my mic up uh, because I'm the host of the show. I don't like being this quiet. Is that Um, what you think quiet is? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got my definition of quiet from George C. Scott. For sure. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, So, all right. Uh, Let's see. Like I said, we do not have any sponsors, except, of course, for tweakedaudio.com, which is an earbud company that David usually talks about. So the next few seconds are going to be pretty awkward because I don't completely remember. I tend to kind of phase out when he's talking about it because he's been talking about it. This is just what the sponsors want to hear. You know what? Bruce gets it. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, uh, it is. uh, Let's see. Earbuds in a variety of styles and colors. So if you go to tweakedaudio.com, you get them uh, for free shipping and they're wonderful. But here's the thing. You can actually get them for, I believe, a third off. Are you talking about 33.333 repeating percent? Repeat. Yes. Repeating percent. Yes. Yes. It does not stop. It keeps going. It keeps going. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. If you go to tweakedaudio.com slash battleship, or if you just click on uh, the the link on the side of uh, the battleshipretention.com page, and that'll get you there as well. And so free shipping, 33.333, repeating off if you enter in that code. So uh, very exciting, and and it helps us as well. So uh, that was my horrible mangling of that sponsorship. David, we miss you. Uh, (laughs) Now, and that is really the only way in which we, we miss David. I mean, come on. We, do we really need his mumble mouth uh, yeah. talking about formalism and that kind of thing? No, thank you. We've got Jason and Kyle here. We don't need that horse yeah. shit. We just need our jackassery. Absolutely. Right. So, and what are we what, what are we here to talk about? Jason, what are you doing here? I'm here to talk about the Oscars, Tyler. The Academy Awards. The Academy Awards, the only awards that mean a damn thing, and they only mean, you know, a little <laughs> they don't bit. mean a lot. They don't mean a lot, but they mean something. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, the ceremony as well as uh, the winners themselves, uh, things that surprised us and that sort of thing. So we'll lead with just the broadest possible strokes. Yeah. Uh, let's well, just let go me with, ask you this real okay. quick. So, I mean. By all means, just I, take control of the show. I, I plan to. Okay. <laughs> real quick. Uh, That's so the back role to that best job short film. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, okay. So we we can talk about, of course, the the winners. Right. We can talk about the the show itself. Yeah. We can talk about the uh, fantasy Oscar draft. We could, yes. We could also talk about the Oscar party. That's atmosphere true. Because yeah, yeah. all I have such different differing opinions on each yeah. of those different things. You know what? That is true. Uh, because the thing is this, because I record this show, it means, okay, so I got to really try and pay attention to who won, right. who I expected to win, who everyone was, ta- was saying would win. And then I got to pay attention to the ceremony. But then, and then I, and I, I know who I am personally rooting for, but then because of the damn Oscar draft, then I'm rooting for somebody that I don't want to win at all right. because it, ha- it's ha- it happens to be who I got in the draft. Right. Which is different from both who you want to win and who you think will win. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so there's a lot of layers to it. I'm fine with talking about, I'm going to say all of them. Okay. Uh, but we'll first start with just general uh, impressions. Uh, when you think of the 87th Annual Academy Awards, uh, what will you 
think of. I will go first. All right. Because I am the host. Uh, and David's not here to stop me. Listeners, if only you knew what he's holding you back from. Uh, yeah, the big thing that got me was that though a lot of things went kind of according to plan, mm-hmm. uh, most notably all four acting categories. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, there was a lot of surprises. Now, if you look at the various Guild Awards over the last <coughs> few weeks, Birdman winning picture, director, not a big surprise. But that a month ago, unheard of. Yeah. Boyhood would have gotten everything. Um, and so that, uh, that was a big surprise, albeit one that for the last few weeks you kind of saw coming, but it was, it was hardly a guarantee. Yeah. Um, that there was a surprising amount of, uh, support for Grand Budapest Hotel to, but then for me, the surprise was that there was a lot of support for that, but when it came time for director or screenplay, which is Wes Anderson specific, yeah. Nothing. Right. Yeah. So that surprised me. And then maybe most of all, the amount of support for Whiplash, which admittedly is only three, but it was only guaranteed one. Right. right. Um, that surprised me as well. So, and frankly, there have been past ceremonies, like last year, for example, when mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised by anything. Mm-hmm. So this actually was a, for, on that respect, uh, in that respect, when it comes to what I was expecting, what people were predicting and that kind of thing, uh, it's always nice to be surprised. And so mm-hmm. that's that more than anything is what I come away with uh, after tonight's Oscars. Jason, you're ne- you're next. OK. Um, I, I completely agree with you. I hear everything you're saying. And okay. yeah, you know, you, you can always look at it as what are the what's the, what are the things that won that totally didn't deserve to win? But you can mm-hmm. also look at sort of sort of similarly to the nominees what are the few surprise nominees that, oh, I didn't expect that to get something, um, you know, here and there. And so, yeah, there definitely were those surprises. I am thinking more because I, I – because not, none of the movies that won the big awards were movies that I really, really loved. Yeah. I was kind of more paying attention to the ceremony itself. And I thought Neil Patrick Harris started out so strong and just kind of nosedived. In my opinion, I did not think he. So, so I was kind. Of, I was really bummed out about that. About kind of, I, I think I was disappointed in the ceremony in general, probably with the exception of I thought the in memoriam was very nicely done. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the design of the production design nominees. Every every bit of graphic design when it comes to the presentation of nominees was all wonderful. night long, solid. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the show itself was kind of forgettable. Yeah, in my opinion. All right. Uh, Kyle, yeah, I mean, bring I, us home. I, I agree with both of you. Um, yeah, I, I like I, to hear. I think that um, the every anything to do with writing in this in this whole show was a disaster. Because mm. <laughs> all the jokes. I mean, there was one joke that was funny, and I now I can't even remember what it was. But it was it was late in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the, it the Benedict Cumberbatch thing when he said that that is. John Travolta trying to say Ben Affleck. Yes, that might have been it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was unexpected. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, uh, it was followed up with a nice bit. It was yeah, it was a decent bit. Um, uh, but I didn't think I lo- I like Neil Patrick Harris, and I think that he is charismatic enough, and people still like him. It's not like mm-hmm. oh boy, they're never going to ask him to do it again because I don't think he did anything wrong. It's just the writing of any of those jokes were terrible. And then who they awarded screenplay Oscars to. Is a travesty. Like, 
that those are, I mean, all the other ones were either like pleasant surprises or you kind of expected, mm-hmm. but those yeah. two, it was just like, what are you doing? Why are we having this right now? I was, uh, for Birdman. I'm not sure. I, I didn't expect it to win. Right. Uh, I was pleased that it did. Cause it means I got eight points, but, uh, yeah, that's who, that's who I've become. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't hate th- that. I know a lot of people, especially tonight, that really hate that script. I think it is certainly not perfect. It's maybe a bit more pedestrian than one would immediately assume, given how th- how seemingly experimental the film is. Yes, I think it's the third best screenplay of the nominees. Okay, what do we got? Uh, well, number one to me is Nightcrawler. I think oh, that's uh, a gorgeous okay. screenplay. I'm right there with you. I, uh, I agree. Number two is Grand Budapest Hotel. I thought I that agree. was a fantastic screenplay. Mm, okay. Uh, uh, then Birdman. Then Foxcatcher and then Boyhood because Boyhood is not a good screenplay. Yeah, no. and, and, and it's barely a, it's barely a it's screenplay. barely a screenplay. I'll tell you this: if I had twelve years to write a fucking screenplay, <laughs> it'd have been way better than that. Yeah, um, and mean, I'll say this: what I've heard it was most. I, I thought it was mostly outlines, and then they kind of put something together. Yeah, year to year. I'm sure that's what happened. That, and when I think that of could be somewhat inaccurate. I don't know. When I think of Foxcatcher, I don't think of its script. I don't think it's a necessarily bad script, right. but I just, it's not remarkable. No. So yeah, it's really those top It's not really a talky film. Yeah, not really. It, it, the, that nomination surprised me. Um, we well, got to give it something. They, they're big, uh, they're big Dan Futterman fans at the Academy. Hey, who isn't? You know what? No, in this room, we yeah. all love them. Right, Jason? That's true. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that one didn't really bother me that much. Uh, Imitation Game was the foregone conclusion for like the last six months. Uh, so I think I had just gotten used to the idea of it. See that I never even heard that that was like the surefire winner or anything oh, yeah. like that. I had no idea. Um, and I guess it's better. It is better than the script for the theory of everything, but then what isn't? Uh, yeah, I didn't see it. So I, I you didn't see know. the theory of everything. No, you're good. Okay. You've seen the clips, right? Of Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, I got you're it. You're fine. Uh, that's kind of what I figured. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, adapted actually wasn't a super strong slate. Whiplash is a pretty good script. I actually. wanted whiplash to win just cause I like that movie yeah. more yeah. than any of those other movies. But, um, those would be, if that and Nightcrawler had won, like those were probably my two favorite script. Well, of the nominees. Of the nominees. Yeah, scripts. absolutely. Yeah. I was, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Gillian Flynn for Gone Girl was robbed and, uh, yeah, that was surprising. Wasn't very it? surprising. Yeah. yeah. But that's a nominee snub. That, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, they already they already talked about that when I was at Disney World. And you know, on the subject of surprises, I really did not care for the script for Imitation Game, even though I thought you know it's passable, it it functions, right? But as so many of us tweeted afterwards, one of the best speeches of the night, really yeah. great. Yeah, the Graham speeches Moore. across the board I thought were really good. Yeah, but I, yeah, his was very good. Yeah, and and you you said something like this, so did I, like. Where was that kind of energy? Where was that passion? Where was, yeah. you know, where was all of that in I, the script? It I believe I, I tweeted, where's this, where was that urgency yeah. in the script? That, that script seems like it just sits there. It seems like the, it seems like the safest script uh-huh. ever. And yet it's about such a, in many ways, such a horrifying idea. Yeah. yeah. And not merely him being targeted because of his sexual orientation, but also the, the concept of them, for lack of a better term, playing God, which I thought was a, a very interesting idea. Yeah. And even that seemed surprisingly palatable. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, oh, this script, this story could have been so much more exciting and heartbreaking than it is. And it's just, but there was no sense of immediacy to it and all that. And it's mm. just, and yeah. And when you see like how much passion he clearly had and how much personally he had invested in yeah. this story, it makes you feel like, Oh, this 
it could have been this. Yeah. It, it really seems like the, the passion and urgency that he seems to have felt, at least from that speech, was almost sifted out of the of the screenplay. Maybe. I mean, you can kind of find some of those, the, the bare bones of those elements in the script, but none of the energy and yeah. the, the zip, if you will, behind <laughs> it. Yeah. Zip. Yeah. I'm trying, when I, I heard that one I again. Talk like, I want to talk like an old timey uh, uh, academy person. Well, then. nailed it. <laughs> yeah. When I uh, when I listened to his speech where he talked about how he almost killed himself, I thought, "That's there's the zip I'm <laughs> looking the for. Zip I'm looking for. There's the zip kit. <laughs> Put it uh, in the script. <laughs> Let me put just chomp on, on my cigar here. Put it on the screen, son. <laughs> Who is this man? I don't know. So um, Jim, he's, he's Jim. Jim. Oh, that Jim! I Studio Jim. <laughs> you don't green light. Nothing gets green light until it comes to roll. Studio Jim. <laughs> um, he's so, the West Coast version of Stringer Bell. <laughs> um, so okay. Uh, were there any other uh, any other uh, general idea uh, thoughts that you had about no, the no? The I think evening? I think I mean kind of with you guys. Like yeah. I, I was mostly pleased with everybody who won. I didn't okay. think there was nobody, nobody that won that I was like, ugh. Okay. You know what I mean? Because even if I was like, I didn't think that they should have won. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think they were stupid and gave crappy speeches or anything like right. that. And I don't think like everybody who won, I was like, those people are great. Like yeah. I'm, I'm perfectly happy with that person having won this. Mm-hmm. Just maybe not for that thing that they won for. But, um, but yeah, it was just, it was a very flat show. Otherwise, Started really strong with that great musical number, and then it yeah. just kind of went, ba bum ba bum ba and they, they just kept setting up that magic bit at the end. No, they could have had the missing reel of the Magnificent Ambersons, to go back to the, the a thing that Siskel and Ebert used to always say. They could have had that. They yeah. could have had the Holy Grail in there, and it would not have uh, uh, justified It would not have justified that, that lead up to it. Yeah. Like that bit was destined to fail, and I think that's what I what I get at when, when I talk about not thinking that Neil Patrick Harris was that great. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is a way to st- if you're gonna ha- if you have to do that bit mm-hmm. to streamline that and to get through that thing in like thirty seconds. Agreed. Yeah, and he didn't find a way to do that in a way that I think a host from the past couple of years, a John Stewart or an Ellen or someone like that prop or even like Seth MacFarlane probably could have just found a way to just power through that, yeah. get it done and move on. Well, and you know what, when you think about it, <clears throat> because the whole idea is, you know, you've kept an eye on it the whole time and now, but like, here's the predictions. They're so specific to this show. That's the joke. Fair enough. Sure. Uh, but the way he, like you said, the way he kind of rattles them off many years ago, David Letterman hosted the Oscars and people didn't really like it. But what that essentially is, it's kind of like a top 10. And so you need somebody who's willing to just say these things and punch them just right. Yeah. And that and that's the thing is Neil Patrick Harris. Yes, I recognize that he was an actor, but he's delivering punchlines in character. And that's different than jokes, like monologue type jokes. Mm-hmm. And he's more of a performer than he is a comedian. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like somebody like, God help me, somebody like Billy Crystal like there was a reason that he was asked back because he somehow managed to match the energy of the event. And mm-hmm. I feel like I don't remember the last host to, to do that. I, I mean, I, so are we moving on from general predictions to, I'd love to talk about Neil Patrick Harris and especially the start of the show. Yes. Let's do that. Because based on that opening number, I was like, fuck, this yeah. is going to be a great show. Yeah. yeah. 
I thought that opening number was absolutely fantastic. Even the kind of hokey shadow thing on the back. But I, Every I loved, bit of visual design yeah. of this show was solid. Yep. I yeah. really liked it, and that's part of it. Yeah. And just, you know, getting Anna Kendrick involved, then Jack Black, and, <laughs> and really kind of, I mean, sort of thinking about it outside the show. Okay, so you've got all the in- industry insider people there, but you know that if if they had kind of just stuck with that, there would be all those voices on Twitter saying, oh, it's bullshit, it's Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. you get Jack Black to kind of give voice to that during mm-hmm. the song. Yeah. And then I just think it's the funniest thing to see little Anna Kendrick throw a shoe at someone. <laughs> I just, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that That yeah. was a really... It was great. And I guess the, most of them start with a musical number of some kind, right? Seems that way. Yeah. I don't always, but... But, like, you think of uh, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. And how it was like, uh, you know, I think he had, like, William Shatner, and it was that right. was more the opening thing. Um, wasn't it? Or was there a musical number there? I mean, he's, he sings, and there was a couple of... There was, you know, That's We right. Saw Your Boobs, and I'm sure there was something at the oh, top. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, which I still think is actually pretty funny. Because I think it's, it's funny too, especially because the actress has played along, right? And people say, "Oh, it's so misogynistic." It's like, yes, the humor is that in the midst of watching these these really dark, uh, engaging films, all this moron is thinking about is, "Hey, boobs." Yeah, yeah, you know, which is one of the things that I always got to laugh at this past year with Under the Skin is that so <laughs> so. <laughs> strange and surreal a film, but somewhere there's some guys like, Hey man, Scarjo's tits. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And, uh, to me, that's what that song is. Anyway, that's yeah. neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, let me, let me throw this out there. And cause this is a thought I had before the awards and as just sort of a general idea. And then by the end it was maybe not confirmed because it's not like a, you know, verifiable fact or anything like that. But, I'm starting to wonder if the idea of Oscar host is just slowly just fading into general irrelevance. Like there was a day when like Bob Hope or Johnny Carson or Billy Crystal, like somebody who just seemed to somehow fill that out so perfectly. And they were the face of the Academy Awards now, maybe because they're going through so many hosts. Like there's nobody that I can point to and say that guy fills the room or that woman, pardon me, fills the room. It hasn't happened in years and I just wonder if it's like if it's just not necessary anymore. They they need a host, but like I don't know. I just don't know if there's ever going to be one like the the ones in the past. I don't even know if you need a host actually. Like yeah. most of the show, just you just need somebody to open the show. So you just yeah. get somebody to come out and be like do an opening number or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then you just have you know whoever is doing the voiceover person. Yeah. In years past, that has been Glenn Close. I don't think it was this year. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. She's hmm. been sitting back there. <laughs> they I sh- mean, I she's think- already there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they like true. showed her backstage a few times. Yeah. Was that two years ago? I don't remember, but uh, you're absolutely uh, right. And I completely forgot, but you could just have her say, ladies and gentlemen, blah, blah, blah. You don't even need to do the joke. There's your cutting out time right there. This was a four and a half hour or something or other. Like it was really long. It was long. It? it was four hours. I don't think it was four yeah. and a half, but, um, I don't think you need a host. You need someone to begin the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but you could have had Neil Patrick Harris and Anna Kendrick and and, right. and Jack he actually Black. did kick off the show. When was it? A couple of years ago, uh, either last year or or a few years ago. And he said, like, he made a joke. You know, I'm only here for the opening number. Right. right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And it just and it feels like I don't know. I, and that's kind of how it was tonight. Yeah, he was. I mean, 
yeah, he still showed up uh, the rest of the night, but he was only there for the opening number. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and I don't necessarily blame him. I think just the writing, I don't know. It was so bad. I'm starting to wonder if it's just, if it's even possible to write really great, incisive jokes for that crowd in that context. I'm sure it is, but it's, I don't know. Like, because I think it is, there's so much safe. Everyone's playing it so damn safe. Yeah. I mean that when you get Steve Carell doing, you know, a bit that's only moderately really funny yeah. saying that, you know, he's pretending to be excited by the stars he sees that gets such a laugh because it's such a relief that actual humor yeah. is occurring. Yeah. And I just, you know, you th- I think of last year, like I actually really like the selfie that, I did that Ellen yeah. did, but like she is so much, she can work a crowd yeah. and she's great at it. In a way that Neil Patrick Harris wasn't, so I thought you're kind of stranding him, yeah. putting him in the audience. You need to find uh, what are his strengths. What can you play to? Yeah. Why didn't he have another song number? Yeah, you know, he's a showman. Uh, I mean, right. play to his strengths. Help him out. Yeah. You know, and and I don't think he handled the jokes very well, but that might be because they're pretty lame jokes to begin with, like I, you said. I feel like the jokes uh, were either super crappy and and like uh, very hokey old timey i think i tweeted at one point um uh, this year's oscars ceremony was written by old fogey schmedrick right because <laughs> uh, they were just so dumb or the oldest member of the academy <laughs> yeah um or they were like way more biting than everybody expected like mm-hmm. that that uh, edward snowden joke wow really like lead ballooned because and it was like uh because there's the only like edgy joke yeah, of the night yeah 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 because uh, the tone's all over the place yeah you yeah. have no idea where where it's going at any given moment and he's also i i do think there is a there's a limitation with him or at least there seemed to me to be uh in this in that anytime he did one of those jokes he kind of tried to like it was the faintest glimmer of the James Franco and Hathaway thing where he yeah. kept, he kind of almost tried to smile it away. Yeah. Almost like he was a little, he didn't know what else to do. So he just seemed to not know how to handle the material. And that is why you need a comedian because though he is a showman, he's a song and dance man. He's been on stage, you know, in front of huge audiences. Yeah. He doesn't have to vamp. He doesn't have to make it. He doesn't have to make a joke that didn't work work. Right. You know, and he uh, doesn't have to make the joke after the one that didn't work work right and so you that's when you get like john stewart ellen yeah chris rock chris rock i mean you get people uh like i thought they were all pretty good hosts i'm not sure if they ever quite like i said i it's a very intangible thing uh i don't know if they quite filled the room as much as as you know uh old-timey showman but at the same time but they definitely knew like oh that joke didn't work i know exactly how to address it because i've done it a million i've been doing this for 20 years yeah and he just again it's not necessarily his fault but that's the again play play to their strengths he's not a joke teller right right he's an actor and a and a singer and i think there were two times this happened uh and if he if they'd have just done it differently it would have been way funnier, which the first one was when Liam Neeson came out and he was like, our next presenter has a very specific set of skills. And he kind of like smiles a little bit and he's like, he can kill you. And then ladies and gentlemen, Liam Neeson, if it had been anyone else, yeah. that would have been hysterical. Right. Oh, when he made that, jo- we made the joke. Uh, it, it, 
at the party that when he says uh, like eat eat it with her spoon or something. Yeah, like absolutely. That. And he, so he's setting up Reese Witherspoon, but then if he brings out you know she would tell Ezio for or something like God, that, that would have been funny. Now we're talking. Yeah, it's right. just so dumb that yeah. it would have been funny, but like that. Like he just a lot of telegraphing jokes, yeah. which makes it immediately not funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's yeah. And it's it is it winds up being kind of a these are these are actually kind of the reasons why I have a hard time watching the ceremony is because I have a very. A very low cringe tolerance. Yeah, I do too. Where just I feel so and I'm not mad at them. I feel bad. Yeah. When he tells a joke that doesn't fly and I'm just like, oh, I feel so terrible for you right now. And I can't like there are times when like if something just does not go over, I will look away from the screen. Huh. I, I did the same thing when I was a kid. If I was watching a movie or a comedy where a character was embarrassed, I would hide my face in my hands yep. because I just can't stand to look at it. And there's a lot of that with the Oscars. Oh, yeah. There are there are plenty of them, uh, plenty with the presenters tonight uh, who seem to, I don't know, be trying to imbue their presentation with some emotion. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah. What was Terrence Howard on? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. He, he is this year's John Travolta for sure. And then they brought out John Travolta, who still wasn't as awkward as Terrence Howard was. Yeah. What right. was the matter with him? Did did the thing go out? Did the... Uh, I, uh, I actually think he was probably drunk. I think he was probably drunk, too. Yeah, but I it, mean, you know, what's... How how seriously can you take an Oscar presenter role? Yeah, you know uh, you're there all day. It's probably like having. It a few seemed drinks. like he was because he he was doing obviously one of those things where it's like I'm going to talk about three of the movies and we're going to show yeah. clips or whatever. Right. And it seemed like from the way he was like overacting about it, it's like well the next one he's going to say is Selma clearly. Yeah. Uh, and and I felt a little bit racist for thinking that, right? But at the same time, because it could have been either that or imitation game. Both of them, yeah, are very yeah, tra- yeah. You know, one's a very tragic story. But yeah, I I did think, yeah, maybe wrongly that that's what it was going to be. And then it was like the imitation game, and I was like, boy, Terrence Howard fucking loved the imitation <laughs> game. Know. Holy shit! Yeah, he was like, this next movie. <sighs> Pause for eighty seconds. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the way it's not, it's not like he. I don't know. He didn't yeah. seem to be like, oh, you know, a lot of the actors will make the joke of, and it's not, the teleprompter's not working. Yeah. Hey, I'm just an actor. That type of thing. Yeah. He seemed to be kind of going off. Yeah. 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 It was, it was super awkward. Yeah. I believe I did not finish it. I believe at the time I had to go to the bathroom and I thought, now's a good time. Yep. Because I can't, even though I knew I had to talk about this afterwards, it's like, I'm going to excuse myself because I cannot stand to watch this. Yeah. Ugh. no, thank you. Um, <laughs> well, we all did that. We all had a bathroom moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where got, mine was uh, the Jennifer Hudson song after the In Memoriam. I, it's like, I don't want to watch this, so I went to the bathroom. Yeah, even yeah. though she performed it great, it's a completely sure. unmemorable song. And, and it's unnecessary. And it's unnecessary. That was a great great uh in memoriam i thought it was really well done again yeah. the visual i thought the kind of like watercolory look of it or the yeah. sketching or whatever it was i thought that was great and then it's like you just go to commercial after that yeah you do not need a whole song right i think they did that last i think they did, did they? that last year too I yeah don't queen was latifah there, wasn't it or was that a few years ago maybe wasn't there one with celine dion or was that did she sing during one of them, a one they did I during, during yes, yes. I think which that, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm kind of more okay with. I'm that. not because they kept showing her, her singing. It's oh like, yes, show right. the the clips or right. you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, start with her singing. Give her give her a verse and then start the immemorial. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it's just... I mean, hell, I could produce this shit. That's all come I'm saying. On. You win an Emmy for that. Yeah. And the other thing that gets me is just, I don't understand... I feel so bad complaining about this because I do enjoy myself when I'm watching the Oscars overall. If I, if I was watching them alone, I probably wouldn't enjoy myself, but I'm hanging out with friends, right. making jokes, and it's a lot of fun. Well, that's the thing. I think the, Os- the Oscar party was so much more fun than the Oscar ceremony. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's because we're all having a good time, and you've got Ian Brill there doing whatever it is <laughs> that goes through that gentleman's head, <laughs> which comes out as just curmudgeonly gold. It's the most everything. wonderful thing. You wouldn't, because he's been on the show once or twice. Uh, he was on, uh, he presented at the BPs uh, last year. And you wouldn't know it from whatever he puts out there when he's on a podcast. Uh-huh. But he is the oldest, youngest man I know. I love it. I have to quote him. He was, he was bitching about Birdman. <laughs> and he was talking about how he thought the humor was kind of outdated in terms of its critiques of not liking social media, et cetera. Yeah. And at one point he goes, I mean, get with it, Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was and how, I mean, that's just a 67 year old science teacher. If I've ever heard one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God. And so I love it. So I do enjoy the Oscars. I don't remember what negative thing I was going to say a moment ago. Maybe that's for, maybe that's a good thing. Um, oh yes. Now I recall, um, <laughs> especially and maybe it's just that I'm not remembering things from when I was younger, when I was a kid watching the Oscars with my family and stuff. But it seemed like the last several years, there's just been these really arbitrary things, like the sound of music aspect. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, uh, Lady Gaga sang it well. Very well, yeah. Like, really kind of hit it out of the park. But my whole, my thing was like, why are we watching this? And I recognize, oh, 50 years ago, 50 years ago, this one best picture. It's like, well, technically, it's 49 years ago because we are celebrating 2014 and right. it won for the year 1965. So we should be observing right. this next year. Right. But whatever. If you want to do this, that's fine. Um, but it just – I just don't understand it. Uh, like yeah. just whenever they just think like, uh, oh, this is 25 years old. This is 50 years old. Let's uh, let's just do that. Like, And just like – isn't this long enough? I recognize yeah. you want to have people singing and stuff, but you already have five songs, some of them very big production numbers. Mm-hmm. And just why do you need this? And and again, I do. I always like it when they honor older films right. and try to honor Oscar past. I like that a lot. But I just after a while, you know, you say to yourself, it's four hours long. Yeah. They will sometimes go a solid 20 to 25 minutes without actually presenting an award. Yeah. yeah. What is this? The Grammys? Am I right, everyone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that's funny because I've never watched the Grammys. Well, to kind of go off of that, though, a, a lot of what we're talking about, it's like, you know, it's a sound of it's a production. Yeah. And now you can tease five times. And man, they really the way they teased what was coming up next. Yeah. Felt much more kind of blatant and nakedly saying, please can please keep watching. Yeah. Then than it has before. And they kept teasing coming up, Lady Gaga performs. Yeah. And so I just wonder if it's I, I wonder if it's purely that aspect of like, okay, if if Lady Gaga is performing on the Oscars, that gets a whole other demographic that maybe doesn't care. So let's bring her in. And like you said, she did a great job. Yeah. But in what world does anyone think, who's going to do my Sound of Music tribute? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Who's it going to be? Well, that's what yeah. it, I feel like the people who came up with that bit literally just did a bunch of whippets and then were like, 
Uh, what would be, you know what would be fucked up if Lady Gaga sang all the Sound of Music songs? And then they immediately, they sent out a memo and passed out. Yeah, right. And then woke up two days later, was like, oh shit, it's on the books. They well, have not woken up yet, yeah. I think. They'll wake up tomorrow and realize what they've and done. And Lady Gaga's super in because it's like, oh, I get to like look normal and sing. Yeah. And she's a good singer. Yeah. Like, great voice. Uh, yeah. And it, it's interesting. You had such a... You had a, a much better idea for what was coming next when Scarlett Johansson went up to uh, introduce it. You were like, oh, they're going to bring out the cast. Yeah. And it's, it's like, well, yeah, you've got Julie, Julie Andrews, Andrews and Christopher, Christopher Plummer, Plummer still around. Won an Oscar a couple years ago. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it's like, bring them out. I loved that they brought her out. Yeah. That's great. I don't, I guess I don't, again, things I don't need to see in my life or ever give a shit about is Lady Gaga and Julie Andrews having a moment together. Yeah. Like it did give the opportunity for Julie Andrews to say the name Lady Gaga out loud, true. which yeah. is pretty great. <laughs> it just, yeah, it's not like it's a passing of the torch, right? Or yeah, like exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's just odd things like that. And one thing I mentioned to you and wrote down, I was like, sometimes they'll do a like, oh, here's a little tribute to cinematography, yeah. or here's a, you know. I mean, we we lost a great cinematographer this year. Yeah, uh, would have been a great time to just go through some of the some you know old cinematography. Mm-hmm. Would have been fantastic, and those are really cool because they are about movie making. Yeah, and they are about the history of film. Yeah, and there was nothing like that. No, you remember a couple of years ago um, when uh, uh, they did the whole montage of James, the James Bond films. Yeah, yeah. that might have been that might have been last year, and then. Um, or was it the year of I think, Casino Royale? No, no sorry. Um, uh, Skyfall. Yes. Yeah. I think it was because then Shirley Bassey came out and sang uh, Moon... No. Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Yeah. And then also uh, Adele sang the Skyfall song, yeah. which won, which is the only song that got to be performed, I think, that yeah, year. I feel like maybe they tipped their hand there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... I thought that was great because it's like that's fifty years of this one franchise, yeah, which is which is continuing, which is continuing, including this year, exactly. Right, but and has given so much to movies. It's not like the Sound of Music was the first in a twenty movie string of movies. Right. The Sound yeah. of Music Nine or whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Those were some pretty rough killers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they go from town to town. Watch out! It's the Sound of Music Nine. <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of killing. <laughs> Um, I'll watch I should have said murder. What's wrong yeah. with me? Anyway. Um, <laughs> the sound of killing. <laughs> is that the follow-up to the act of killing? Exactly. But this is the radio program. <laughs> oh, that Foley artist is going crazy. <laughs> oh, you got me. <laughs> clop, clop, clop. Bang. Did a uh, horse just kill someone? <laughs> I think I've determined why people tuned out last year. Um, Give a shit. So, yeah, whatever. (laughs) It's episode 414. Uh, What are you going to do? Stop listening, you stupid asshole. (laughs) Oh, God. I wasn't going to call anybody an asshole. I'm joking. I love our (laughs) listeners. Um, oh my gosh, we are in, we are very <laughs> insulting. I just love that Kyle just really angrily said he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and now he's busting out a candle. It's, you know, I mean, Kyle cinnamon. gets Kyle gets paid to be here either way. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He doesn't yeah. care. The I numbers get, don't yeah. mean anything to him. No. Yeah, he's a tenured member of the right. podcast. <laughs> right. We can't fire him. <laughs> Can I talk about a couple of a couple of Sorry. hosts I did like? Absolutely, yeah. or a couple of uh, presenters. Sure. Um, well, first, Steve Carell could host the Oscars. Easily. He'd yep. be wonderful. Yeah. 
he just would knock it out of the park. Yeah. It's like it was him saying <clears throat> him saying like uh, Ed Norton, he's right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. He clearly came up with that in the moment. He was yeah. like that was not a bit that was no, written. He's just funny. Yeah. He's just a funny guy. In in 5 to 6 seconds. Yeah. He came up with a genuinely funny laugh right as opposed to the, the thing that i got i'm sorry uh, I, i'm gonna let you finish in a minute but um <laughs> but the uh also con mentioning kanye west and then cutting to robert duvall that's <laughs> who just stares back just. as if to say your move neil <laughs> <laughs> but uh oh hell i forgot already what were we talking about damn it steve carell steve carell oh um yeah the the thing that i got was that like the impression I got from the audience was that not that they were engaged, but that they were obliging. Yeah. Like the, every <clears throat> once in a while you get a real laugh. Yep. Um, but, but mostly it seemed like not even that they were game cause you'll get a genuine laughs out of that, but that there's like, ah, oh, God bless him. He's trying. And they'll, and they'll maybe force a laugh or, or whatever. It never felt like a genuine connection between him and the audience. Mm-hmm. Whereas stuff like Steve Carell, boom, Right. Everyone's laughing naturally. We're laughing naturally. It's a ni- it's a nice moment, right? And you need people that can do that, that can think on their feet the way he can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, all right, I'll ask you a different question later. Okay. I still get to ask more questions, right? Absolutely. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, two little pairs of presenters, uh, Kevin Hart and Anna Kendrick. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Very funny, and both funny people. We have. To, I mean, Kevin Hart could also host the Oscars. He's and probably he, a he little young someday. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that dude is just funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, him and Anna Kendrick, just naturally good. And then Zoe Saldana and the rock. That was funny. <laughs> like they, again, it's just like, I guess these are, you know, the rock, I'm wondering if it's that, that whole thing of like, you know, he's had to be out as a wrestler and just kind of ad libbing and drawing things out. Yeah. So he's just got, you know, this sort of live performance just a lot of hours of doing that under his belt. He fell into under his wrestling belt. Oh, that's he fell. He fell into a vat of charisma uh, many years ago, and it just <laughs> soaked into his system like the Sandman in Spider-Man Three. Right, right. And he just oozes it now to the extent that if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, Zoe Saldana, I forget what they were presenting. Uh, but she mentioned it might have been like sound mixing or something like that. Sure, animated films. Animated. Fi- oh, yeah, that's right. Because they're talking about Lion King. That's right. <clears throat> and so, and she talks about ah, oh, these movies that make us feel. And he's like, hmm, yeah. Delicious. And it's yeah, you're right. He's just he's a delight. Yeah. Exactly. So if you can if you can get more people like that, yeah. I mean, is it just that most actors are just so fucking awkward? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, most of them are just are just clunkers. Yeah, they just don't really have. I mean, a lot of screen actors don't have, you know, improv chops anyway. Sure, they, yeah. they they don't memorize their lines, for example, and they're yeah. like really reading off of cue cards and stuff. Whereas the people who who are kind of looser and like like makes a good uh, SNL host is mm-hmm. the same thing that makes a good Oscar presenter. It's just that kind of uh, right. ease on stage, the, the ability to, to just, you know, say stuff or yeah. l- let stuff happen without it freaking you out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of uh, like, who'd have thought Liam Neeson was going to be that like stony, you know what I yeah. mean? Like mm-hmm. the joke about Liam Neeson is that he's that, but 
he's been funny on commercials or mm-hmm. like yeah. on other things. Yeah, and he had a very funny Super Bowl commercial. In yeah, fact. that was a very funny thing. Yeah. And and he um he was just so boring to live. I mean, and granted, he wasn't presenting an award. He was just kind of uh whatever it was he was doing. He was just kind of talking about. What, the some of the Grand Budapest and, and uh, American, American Sniper. American Sniper. What, a, what a great pairing. If only they had met, made a mashup of all of the oh, yeah, yeah, of all the best picture nominees, then you'd really have something. Get your hands off my lobby. <laughs> well, I guess the I guess the movie's over. I guess they got uh, Gustav. Um, yeah, uh, so okay, I feel it's so frustrating. I feel like the last several years. And maybe this is just the maybe this is why David opted out of this is you just wind up complain. I feel like we just wind up complaining. Although last year, I guess, because my expectations were so low, mm-hmm. um, it wound up being a very pleasant surprise. And there yeah. seemed to be a lot of genuine fun. It was it was a really loose show. Yeah. I mean, people seemed pretty at ease. Like, yeah. I mean, jumping in the aisles for a self. Like, yeah, that is the very definition of like a crowd at ease. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, and t- tonight's show did not seem loose or no. at ease. It just seemed very, just just tense. People laughing just to be nice. Him yeah. making jokes that he probably knows aren't going to fly super well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about the Birdman thing they did where he, like, uh, like walked that. out? Yeah, and that was he funny. got Miles Teller there on the drums. That's, yeah. pre- that's a nice. Which is pretty yeah. clever. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um they needed more stuff like that. Yeah. More just kind of bits. Yeah. And instead that, of joke telling. Because yeah. PH is fine at telling jokes, but not all the time. And again, the writing was really poor. Yeah. So. I almost thought like, wow, they could have drawn. That's a bit they could have drawn out a lot longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking of like, you know, when Dave Letterman would be like, oh, I got to leave the studio, you know, yeah, or yeah. whatever. And it's just like this wild thing. He could have done that and it could have been great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I I can't believe that I keep referencing Billy Crystal because, again, I don't I, ne- I never thought he was super funny, but he knew how to deliver a, a good joke. But um, but there was also he, he would always do a bit where, you know, he would insert himself into the Best Picture nominee. Yeah. Now, of course, with yeah. eight of them, you can't necessarily do that. But one thing that I thought I don't know how you would do it or what angle they would take, but you do have footage of. Neil Patrick Harris, when he was a kid, you could do maybe a twel- uh, a boyhood type of thing. Just cut oh, together yeah. a little like three minute short film of him growing up to be, you know, destined right. to be this Oscar host or something like right. that. Again, I don't think it's super great, but it's at least kind of ambitious and fun. And it mm-hmm. shows him engaging with the films and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, and it'd be fun to see him like inside Grand Budapest Hotel and just trying to do something like that. I don't know. It's yeah, it seemed like a. With the exception of again, like that opening number, and then the everything is awesome, and the glory number, that was really powerful. Very mm-hmm. much so. And when you saw David Oyelowo, yeah, Oyelowo. Okay, it's O and O at the end, and yellow in the middle. Oh, okay, that's great. Thank you. Nicely done. You know, you should teach children. I do. How to murder. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, Viola Davis. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we should talk about the commercials at some point. OK, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but yeah, and see and what cutting to him and seeing that he's, you know, genuinely touched yeah. by this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was really powerful. Everything is awesome was a lot of fun as it should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it could have actually been 
funner. Awesomer. I think it, I think it could have been much bigger. Yeah. Like, do you remember the '99 Oscars? I sure as shit do. With Blame Canada, where Man. Robin Williams comes out and starts singing, and they just go fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, just I don't mean the audience. I mean, just they go all out trying to replicate an animated movie as much as they can. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, compared to that, this looked pretty uh, small. Yeah. But still, enjoy- still fun. Yeah, and I enjoyed the Lonely Island guys there. Oh, sure. and Yeah. Tegan and also Sarah. That's them. Yeah. yeah. They were there. They were there. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I like that... Uh- I like that song that uh, from the Glenn Campbell documentary. That was just... Yeah. I always like when they just have one person with a guitar, and it can be just as engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Old, yeah, old Blackhead himself. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. He was really good. Looks a little sickly these days. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he's got to put some weight on, because he looks uh, really skinny. Uh, meanwhile, that Maroon 5 song from... Uh, what is it? What's, it? what's the movie? Uh, well, uh, Begin, Begin Again. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. Uh, the movie didn't interest me, and that song is a, a big nothing. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if that was Kira Knightley singing it, or a character singing it... I think it really anything would be better than uh, Adam Levine. He well, that's probably that true. Movie, though. Oh God, that's right. Well, is that his song? <laughs> I don't know. Movie? I didn't see that. Movie, okay. But. God, he just he just sucks. I don't that, think I know enough about him uh, well, as a singer. He, but he now is I, a, I do. Now. He is a vacuum of cool. Like it seems like it should go in him, but he just sucks it up and it goes nowhere. I've been told that he's the sexiest man alive. By that's bullshit. Whom? Who tells I, you this? I think People Magazine. Really? What year? This year. <laughs> what year? <laughs> like 10 years ago. Yeah. They, well, they that went, was a good year for people. Oh, good year. And good year yeah. for Maroon 5. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. kind of, uh, yeah, they, they're kind of in their pervert phase where they're looking at like 19 year olds. <laughs> no, he's not that. He's not that. No, young. he was, um, I mean. When, yeah, I guess Maroon you know, 5 let's lay our, I mean, let's, let's lay our cards on the table. I went to a Maroon 5 John Mayer concert in, uh, I'm going to say the year 2004. Wow. How, yeah. was, how was that? You know, John Mayer's pretty good live. I could see and that. And Maroon Five only had one album, so they played for like thirty minutes. So there was a there was a newness and novelty to them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they were they were okay. But I think we all get it now. Yeah. Oh my God, do we ever? <laughs> That's we so got crazy. it. And we're returning it. Yeah. So it, you get you get Adam Levine being an actor now, and then you get John Mayer being a stand up comedian. We <laughs> 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 tried that for a minute. Oh boy. Uh, but Adam Levine, he's just I don't know. He's just terrible. He's just, a, as friend of the show Mike Schmidt would say, he's just a swing and a miss. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. My as, favorite phrase. As a presence. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, totally. especially when you have, because that was the first musical number, yeah. correct? Especially then when you, the last one they do, obviously the winner, you have John Legend and Common, who are probably two of the coolest guys yeah. in the whole wide world. Yeah. Um, and, and, and being really heartfelt throughout the whole song. Mm-hmm. Like, that, like you said, it was a very powerful number. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? When I saw Selma... Uh, the the you know, the song Glory comes up at the end, mm-hmm. and I remember knowing people had raved about this song. And as I was listening to it, I was just like, "Yeah, it's fine, I guess." You see it live, and you're always like, "Some songs are just better live." Yeah, yeah. And of course, it was staged in a very specific way, which is yeah. tons of people saying this, and and it worked really well. And in that moment, it's like I can definitely, if I was in that room, I would probably feel quite emotionally overwhelmed by this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, I was I almost felt it like <clears throat> just watching it on a yeah. screen, but. After during the film, I didn't feel it really at all. Well, and in the film, it's kind of it. It feels like it actually doesn't quite belong. It's one of those. It's yeah. one of the moments that I felt it. It should have been over the credits only, as yeah. opposed to I think it's just 
it's over some footage in the film. Yeah, yeah. And it, it feels a little bit out of place, but the the song itself, I mean, like, I, I have not listened to a lot of Common, mm-hmm. um, or really any, but seeing, yeah, like you said, seeing him perform, it was like, this dude, like, there was just a, a sharpness to it, yeah. to both of them. And it was something that was just genuine and almost kind of simply heartfelt. They weren't trying to overdo it, whereas everything... Adam Levine was doing was like I think he like knelt down at one point. Oh, like, I stopped paying attention. So to what overly he was doing. dramatic, and there's just it just feels phony yeah. every second. And you know it seems like a bummer. And again, maybe that song sung a different way is great, uh, but I feel like compared to I don't know compared to I, maybe any song from Muppets Most Wanted. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, oh, you could have nominated that. That would have been. F- Can you imagine how much fun it would have been if they had sung "We're Doing a Sequel"? Yeah. Oh, that would have been so much. Yeah. Was Was there uh, a somewhat large production for? Um... Oh no, because the opening song from Muppet, the first Muppets, was not nominated. It was not. Yeah. Bunch of bullshit. Mu- Man or Muppet is fine. It's it's okay. But. Life's a happy song is one of the most wonderful. delightful songs yeah. I've yeah. heard in, from a movie in years. Can we talk about for a minute? Uh, speaking of that song, Glory, that uh, turns out Common's real name is Lynn, Lonnie mm. Lynn. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my favorite country singer from the 1960s. Because yeah. it showed the nominees' names, but it didn't yeah. show right. the people. And uh, John Legend and Common wrote the song, and yeah. it said nominees: John Stevens and. Lonnie Lynn. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I thought Common and John Legend wrote this. Yeah. And then they are the ones who got up and it was like, okay, I, I can see John Legend being, you know, that's not his real name. Mr. Yeah, and yeah. Mrs. Legend did not have a son. <laughs> right. Um, but Common's real name is Lo- Lonnie Lynn. That's something Seems else. Seems to me you just stick with the name Common. Yeah. In the, in the writing credits there. <laughs> I guess so. I, I, that was that was a big shocker because I was like, who, who is the who are those people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's them. Yeah. Um. So uh, now that we are getting to the uh, one hour mark, I, let's go ahead. We can go ahead and get to the things we haven't yet gotten to. You mean the awards? <laughs> the awards themselves. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. Are there any that really? Okay. So I guess the I, the big winner, quote unquote, uh, would be Birdman right. because while it had it won as many things as Grand Budapest Hotel, right? Of course, it won the more prestigious. The ones. more, pre- the, yeah. Um. And so what do we uh, what do we think of that? I was kind of surprised that there were because Boyhood had such like a, a lot of head esteem going into yeah. uh, <laughs> the end of the year last year. I was kind of expecting it to do better than it did just this whole like kind of award season. And it did, did not. Yeah. Um, it won one Oscar. That's right. That's an, that's crazy. Yeah. It, what I thought was going to happen was that it, we were going to get 2005 where. You had Crash, and you had Brokeback Mountain, and they just each each split got three, it, yep. and they just split them. Yep. Yeah. I thought you were going to get Birdman for picture. Didn't that happen with Life of Pi as well? Life of Pi won a bunch of stuff. Right, but um, it, and it got director and not picture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also got. I mean, it it got like five or six total awards, okay, and then Argo right, right. they just gave it picture and screenplay and I think editing. Right. Um, but. As far as like the big two, which were Boyhood and Birdman, I thought it was going to be Boyhood for director, editing, and supporting actress, Birdman for picture, actor, and um, cinematography. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it yeah. was going to be. Uh, they they didn't give it actor. They did give it screenplay um, and director. Yeah. And I was really 
I was really surprised. I really yeah. thought this was going to be uh, Linklater. Yeah, I did too. Kind of. Um, when's the last time? Because it didn't happen last year. When's the last time there was the director and picture match? Was it just two years ago? And I just don't remember what it was. Let's see. What was last year? Last year was Twelve Years Life. Twelve Years Gravity. And, gravity. and then before happen. was Argo. So yeah, no, that's right. So before that was the artist. The artist, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, was, right. there was all right, um, and then before they try to match, and understandably, King's Speech. King's Speech, and then Hurt Locker, right, and then Slumdog Millionaire. Okay, so they have they've yeah, done they, it a lot recently, but just yeah, not the last. Yeah, and two right years. before that, No Country. Yeah, and then The Departed. They do it more often yeah. than not. Yeah, um, but yeah, and so uh, it's a thing they try to do if they can. Right, and when you have a movie that is whether you like it or not, a movie that is as directed as Birdman. I uh-huh. feel like they're yeah. like, all right, we're giving this picture already. So, you know what? Let's go ahead and do this. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't have any problem with, uh, Inuri to winning director. Uh, mm-hmm. obviously we were all kind of like, as the show was going on and grand Budapest kept winning, we were like, wouldn't it be great if Wes Anderson won this stuff? Yeah. And so at that point, that's our naive hope. Taking right. Over. That was complete mm-hmm. naivety on our part. But at that point we were kind of like disappointed. Oh, with, with Birdman winning all that mm-hmm. stuff, but we shouldn't have been because, that was very like in stone at that point. Cause he, he did take home the DGA award and yeah. Birdman did win the PGA yeah. award, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the yeah. SAG award for best ensemble. Yeah, totally. So it yeah, was, it just was a surprise, um, that Wes Anderson didn't win screenplay, uh, original screenplay, Agreed. especially because so many people were in agreement that the screenplay was not particularly strong for Birdman. Yep. Yeah. So it just seemed like, oh, this is a, a no brainer then, especially because you're giving so many nominations and so many awards yeah. to Grand Budapest. And that's what I, I thought. I really did think that Grand Budapest was going to win best screenplay just because oh, of yeah. that. Even though yeah. I thought Nightcrawler was a better screenplay, I didn't think it had much of a chance to win. Yeah. It, it was more just like the award was the nomination because it's such kind of yeah, a, yeah. a little movie. But yeah, uh, Grand Budapest easily could have won that that seems like the the award that you give a wes anderson like uh, jason and i were talking about before we came over that's the quentin tarantino award like he's not yeah. going to win best director it's probably. the alexander payne award yep. it's the charlie yep. kaufman absolutely award. Yeah. spike jones like it's what you do when somebody does something quirky here's your screenplay oscar yep enjoy it yeah um see you i know that you feel like that's too cynical but i don't really have a problem with that because it's sort of a lot of times they do it to a writer director, yeah, get, and not in this case. They and not in the case of, I mean, and often we kind of think it's more appropriate to do that. It's like okay, Birdman, which is more, which is taking front and center, oh sure, directing or writing, clearly, clearly directing, directing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same thing in with No Country for Old Men back in 07. It's like that they basically they transcribed the book more yeah. than adapting it yeah. yeah um so their cut and paste abilities were awarded an oscar yeah. compared to paul thomas anderson's really you know doing a lot more work yeah essentially um that same year so it's kind of like okay well if you've got two writer directors you kind of play to one strength but it seems it sometimes seems appropriate to kind of divvy it up. And with Spike Jones, like, I don't know that he would have deserved a best director Oscar for her. It's directed well. Yeah. But it's, you know, um, but I think the writing is more the, where the, the real creativity happened with that project. That's the novel thing that's pulling people in. Right. Um, so I, so I didn't, I never had a problem with, and I guess, getting an Oscar, an Oscar for that. I guess oddly, it, it's weird. I guess I have become cynical about it, even though I don't think it's a negative thing. I would rather, I would rather 
Spike Jones have an Oscar than not. Sure. I would rather uh, Wes Anderson have an Oscar than not, even though I'm right. not a huge fan of Grand Budapest or Moonrise <laughs> Kingdom. Um, well, you're wrong. I'm wrong. For, I, I apologize. Both, yeah. Oh, you, you need to you need to stop being wrong. You're, okay. You're more right on Moonrise Kingdom. Fair enough. I've Fair only enough. seen that one once. Um, but it's uh, so yeah. I'm 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 fine with it. But it is it does tend to be. I think I'm I'm cynical on the part of just like the Academy where you know people will they'll make you're not fun. good enough to win best director. Yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. best director or picture. It's like eh, people seem to like this movie, and I guess it's pretty <laughs> weird. So, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll nominate it, but when it comes time to actually win, we'll give it to a thing that, you know, we'll give it to you, to, uh, Saving Private Ryan or something like that. But here's right. a, here's the thing for your little, uh, your little scribblings, you know, <laughs> I view it as kind of that, your little scribblings. Yeah. Is the Academy in your head, like, uh, a, a shitty kid's dad at a little league game? Oh, no okay. question. <laughs> just one yeah, yeah. Who's just drinking his beer, doesn't yep. want to be bothered. And it's like, oh, you know, a movie I like over here is that Braveheart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what did you bunt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like this Braveheart. Sound mix. Uh, like, what is his usual suspect? What is this bullshit? Give it a screenplay Oscar and just get it out of my sight. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to win Best Supporting Actor, so who gives a shit? Uh, a usual suspects. Go get me a beer. <laughs> But I, I feel like like Birdman actually is the the most Academy choice of because they love movies about movies and they love movies about plays. And it's yeah. but it's I agree with you, but it does seem because of the way it is directed. And I think a lot of people, perhaps rightfully so, say that it is over directed and doesn't make any sense uh, for it to for them to have done that, that it's arbitrary for him to have directed the film in that way. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't think I, I can see where somebody's coming from. And even if they, even if I agreed with them, I'm still okay with it. Um, but I feel like, you know, the way that he shot it and the use of magical realism, I could see that being the kind of thing that sort of, for lack of a better term, scared the Academy off. Right. Um, because there's like, I don't, I don't understand this. But then by, by the same token, even though none of us are, are huge fans of boyhood, that's also a very am i just not a huge fan of boyhood or do i just not like it i forget i don't like it okay i'm just not a, i'm just not a big yeah. fan but I yeah think, i'm not a, i'm not a big i think you'll dislike it the most i definitely yes. of the three yeah. of us um but i think but it's certainly there's an experiment quality to it and the fact that it it tries not to hit the notes that one would assume it would hit like a uh, movie like a movie would yes uh-huh. okay um the i think the the Academy could be like, I don't understand. This doesn't, I don't know. I, I admire boyhood, um, and what it is trying to do. I'm, I don't think it's always successful. And it's a neat experiment. It's a neat, it's a, (laughs) I think it's a very, very neat experiment. And it, and it's really interesting to see, you know, the actors grow and that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah. And so, but for that to have gotten the support that it did is to me, uh, encouraging like the big three this year, as far, uh, as far as nominations and as far as support were Grand Budapest Hotel, Boyhood, and Birdman. Yep. That's very strange. That's a very mm-hmm. weird three for films. For the Academy yep. to really embrace. Right. Imitation Game, Theory of Everything, even Selma, which didn't get a lot of support. Those make a lot more sense. Yeah. And then Whiplash, it's like, which got a lot of support that I'm very happy about. Absolutely. Good for them. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically guarantees that that director is just going to probably get a, a pretty uh, free hand the next movie he makes, yeah. which I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um, and all those movies for 
you know, the there was an article recently which I thought was about half bullshit about how the only movies that are made now are movies that are like under four million or over forty million. And you look at the best a lot of the best picture nominees, and they are all in that fifteen to twenty-five 26, or a lot of them, you know, Theory of Everything, Imitation Game, uh, Grand Budapest, they're all in that sort of mid-range. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of mid-range movies being made, and they're often, it's like, okay, do you have a writer-director who's got kind of a, you know, a, a more artistic sensibility, but it's still accessible? You mm-hmm. can get 20 million bucks oh, to, yeah. to make that film. Yeah. Um do you know what the budgets were on a lot of these movies? Well, I, I've got them right here. Oh, if you'd like. How convenient. I know. Did you plan it? No. I feel now I feel manipulated into asking that question. <laughs> it's like it's like your heartstrings are just tugged. It's exactly. This, I mean, Whiplash this, the budget was 3.3 3 million. Yep. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And then you've got Selma, the 20 million dollar budget. Okay. Yep. Uh Birdman, 18 million dollar budget. Right. Yeah. Uh, Theory of Everything had a $15 million budget. Yep. Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, The Wedding Ringer had a $23 million budget. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. I was curious. <laughs> um, the Kevin Hart Josh Gad vehicle. Yeah. Well, it's important to know for next year's exactly, Oscars, exactly. what was The Wedding Ringer's uh, I mean, we're going to be sitting around this table feeling yeah. like a couple of assholes, <laughs> yeah. not remembering Wedding we Ringer's budget. Yeah, we didn't take note. Exactly. Even... Um, uh, even American Sniper, like sixty million, so yeah, not yeah. massive. Yeah, for so, a war movie. Yeah. yeah. So I just feel, I think that is a, you know, you mentioned Theory of Everything, Imitation Game. There's still kind of those old staples that are yeah. somehow just fucking clinging for dear life. Yeah. But it is. It does seem like things are shifting a little bit. To even though I didn't like some of these films as much as I would have hoped, to a more uh, just a little bit stranger of a vision yeah. that can come in and do very well. And maybe it's because, you know, there are there's a new slate. Not that Richard Linklater is new by any stretch of the imagination, right. but he and He's been Wes around Anderson, for at least 12 years. Yeah. Like, <laughs> th- well, watch out. I didn't get that immediately, but I now I do and I'm happy. Um, <laughs> but the uh, there's just there's a new there's a new crop of directors that are now that have now been around long enough that it's like, oh, these are the these are the vets now. Yeah. So it's not that they're when I say new, I don't mean they're new. I just mean that they are <clears throat> newly seen as serious. Right. You know, lately you've seen Alexander Payne really come into his own. You see, you know, you see uh, Quentin Tarantino and the Coen Brothers, where it's like, and, and uh, Paul Thomas Anderson and David O. Russell. You mm-hmm. see these these formerly kind of niche filmmakers these sort of yeah movie makers on the fringe they are now the guys that make movies you know right. spielberg doesn't make as many movies as he used to and and neither does scorsese and stuff this is the this is the latest crop of guys that have been around a while and know how to work the system and that kind of thing and so and i think they are natural experimenters and some of them like for example a david o russell i think has gone a bit more mainstream sure some of them Paul Thomas Anderson just keeps going further and further afield, which I'm yeah. okay with. Yeah. Even if I didn't love Inherent Vice, I'm still, I'm okay with the instinct to make it. Uh-huh. Well, um, in some ways, like uh, Grand Budapest Hotel is the weirdest movie Wes Anderson has made. And yet it's been like the most, uh, yeah. uh, his most commercially, his successful. most commercially successful. And, and yeah. the one that's been embraced the most by a lot of people. 
Um, and it came out in February. Can we talk about that for two was seconds? Was it February? Yeah, it was, it was early. February I last year. Yeah. I was, I was like, oh, I, they must not have faith in this movie. And then when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is great. Yeah, and just, it's really, going to be, it's going to have Zodiac syndrome, where it comes out in February yeah, and just doesn't yeah. do anything. Well, and I just naturally assume when you watch it, it is a weird, goofy, silly it's a weird, movie. Goofy, silly movie. And there's no reason. Like, it's not even that they didn't have any faith in it to release it that early. I think they just thought, like, well, no, of course not. Yeah. But, why would the yeah. Oscars ever look at this again? Yeah. So does that mean that uh, Jupiter Ascending is going to get all this? Stuff? No question Obviously. about it. No question about it. I haven't seen it yet. You guys, hey, I don't know. It's got Oscar worthy talent in there. Eddie Redmayne. It's That's got Oscar winning talent. Yeah. Oscar winning talent. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. You're a moment ago, a few much. hours ago, it was Oscar worthy. But you know what? They deemed him worthy. Exactly. He is now Oscar winning Eddie Redmayne as the villain. Some Zorlock. I don't know. It was Zorlock. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, that's probably. a movie. That's a movie I want to see. Zorlock, um, Zorlock whispers. That's what it's called. <laughs> um, okay. So one thing that I did, that I did want to say, and then we can go, we can go category by category. We can skip around if we want. I don't care. Um, one thing I did notice is that they did as much as like all eight of the best pictures got something. Even American uh, Sniper got sure. sound editing. That's true. And that's a thing that they do try to do when they can. Um, but yeah, everything got at least one. And I'm not sure how I feel about that one way or the other. Uh, but it's just a thing I wanted to point out because it doesn't always happen. But I know they try to do it if they can. Yeah. they. Um, and it's kind of surprising. The two that, I mean, other than Birdman, the ones that got the most were Grand Budapest and Whiplash. Yeah. Super yeah. strange that they got, they were the next ones down. Yeah. And yeah. for the first two and a half hours of the ceremony, <laughs> they were the only winners, yep. basically. Pretty much. And, just, and I, I really thought that for a while that Grand Budapest was going to be Life of Pi. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't, I didn't think it was going to win picture. I think it was going to lose a couple things here and there. But I, like, we were just, re- I felt like, oh, we're, they're giving it everything they can. Yeah. Yeah. I really, it's like, they're going to, and we all assumed they were going to give it screenplay. Yep. And then I just thought like, how much support is this movie going to have? Are they going to give it director and then probably go Birdman for, for picture? And I was just like, that would be crazy. Now they didn't, they wound up not surprising me that much. Right. But I, you know, it had all the momentum. Yeah, it did. It was, it was Hugo. You yeah. remember when Hugo came out and that just won everything. And it's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Although I didn't care for Hugo that much. Neither did I. Um, yeah, it just seemed very strange. And then what they weren't giving to Grand Budapest Hotel, they're giving to Whiplash. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. Really strange. That but, yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> but I was happy. I was yeah. I was happy that uh Whiplash won editing. Everybody yeah. assumed it was gonna be boyhood. I had written that down on my ballot. Yep. And when they gave it to Whiplash, I was like, that's great. I feel like that's a I feel like that is a very worthy winner. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it really I mean I guess in some way an award naturally is validation for something. Sure. But it means something different than if Boyhood wins best editing. Mm -hmm. It just means something a little bit different because it is such a small picture and such, I guess, an untested filmmaker that they see that much talent there that it got that much attention so early. Yeah. yeah. So I was really pleased by that. And that they worked that in with sound mixing. I feel like they understood that like this is a film that is that is effective because of how much it draws you in yeah. to the to the 
the uh, quite literally the rhythms of what is ha- uh, of mm-hmm. what is happening. And so, yeah, I, I was very happy with I w- again the ceremony. I wasn't thrilled with, but as far as and again, I know people aren't thrilled with Birdman, but by and large, I was happy with the winners. I didn't see Theory of Everything. Uh, did you? Did you guys see it? Both of you? I saw it. Yeah. yeah. All right. What do you think of Eddie Redmayne winning? Uh, I didn't. I didn't really. It's hard not to you because he is doing good work. It's, I'm not saying that he doesn't do a good job at all. Yeah. But uh, it's it's the most acting. It's I wouldn't say it's the best acting. Yeah. Yeah. As and I, also once I mean because you get to a certain point in the film, uh, he the character of Stephen Hawking is to the point where he can no longer speak. Right. And he that's still a physical performance and then nothing yeah. take nothing away from that. But it, it's like. He, I don't know. It's it's hard to describe. It's much more the wife's story. It's the wife's she's, story. She's she, the lead of that movie. Yeah, you've mm. got an active character and you've got a passive character. Yeah. yeah, and the way that they tell the story is they make him into a more and more and more passive person, and then they kind of throw in little stuff like it. Just the 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 stuff he actively does is done so quickly and almost seems like it's sort of on the side of what yeah. the movie's actually doing. Right. That it does it. At the end of the film, you don't feel like you've watched his story. Right. So it's just a weird thing. Yeah, it's a, it's certainly a technical performance, and it's not that he's doing bad work. You're, at no point are you like, what is this guy doing on screen? Yeah, no. Um, but of the nominees, he would he would be far and away the last person for me. Yeah, I don't. Hmm. Um, I don't think I would. He would be the last person, but I think that he he was the. I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't. Everyone's being kind of like yeah. blown away by his performance, and I wasn't at all. I was just kind yeah. of like, all right. I was way more impressed by Felicity Jones in that movie hmm. because she has the thankless task of being the 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 rock or whatever, like oh, yeah. the it's, strong it's, character. It's the a movie very, doesn't very, even thank her enough for that. No, and it's based on that woman's book on yeah. Jane Jane Hawking's book. Hmm. But they they made it a lot more about Stephen Hawking. Well, and when you think about it, that's a very standard role. I mean, when you see a beautiful mind, when you see Walk the Line, like the the loyal, loving wife who, uh, damn it, she's gonna love that guy yep. through thick and thin. Um, that's a very standard role, and for somebody to again, I haven't seen the films, but I'm speaking based on what people have said. Um, for her to make that character seem fresh and new, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I. Oddly enough, I actually want to see the movie more for her yeah. than for him. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, I like a beautiful mind. Yeah, at least quite a bit in in retrospect, having not seen it in a number of years. Yeah, but one thing I love, there's like a scene where Jennifer Connelly just like I think she just gets up and she's just like in the bathroom, and she just like throws a glass and yeah. just breaks something because she she just has this frustration she's got to get out. They never let, and I realized, okay, they're British. So maybe it's all pent up and it's, <laughs> you know, Oh, let a little steam out of the tea kettle. And now we're fine. Um, but is that, there's is that racist. I don't know who gives a shit. It's the, the British. We defeated. Them. Exactly. Um, no, uh, but they never, I guess I never really found that the movie led us into the her experience enough. Okay. I mean, it, it was so reserved, yeah. in, in my opinion, that it sort of did both characters a disservice. Mm. Yeah, it's and you know what? Again, I haven't seen the film, but and I don't. Again, if I wanted to, which I don't, it's to see her. Yeah, but even then, that's not quite enough to bring me into the film. But just just the trailer and what uh, what people what. 
the Academy seemed to think of it was that, oh, it's such a luminous film. And it just got like C pluses across the board. People said there's yeah. two good performances. The end. Yeah. And it's so interesting. James Marsh. Yeah. Did he make The King? Or is that somebody else? Well, James Marsh made uh, Man on Wire. Okay. And he also made uh, Project Nim. So okay. I know him for those documentaries. Okay. I don't think he did, actually. Damn. Who am I thinking of? I couldn't tell you. What movie is The, the King? King? The King has, got William Hurt. Yeah. And Gael Garcia, uh, Garcia Bernal. You know what? I think she, he actually may have. Okay. And it's... It's a film that, like, I had a really hard time emotionally with, even though I thought it was very effective. Mm-hmm. And that is a film, if this is, if, if it turns out to have been James Marsh, then I look at that and it's like, that is a film with a tremendous edge. Yeah. And, you know, and we're, I guess we're about to find out if he made it. He Has, sure did. He did. Yeah. So to go from that to what sounds like a very edgeless film. With, yeah. with two incredible documentaries yeah, in mixed between. in there. Yeah, and it's just it just seems seems a shame. But I guess that's what happens yeah. sometimes. And so I, I was I was really pulling for um Michael Keaton because I like Michael Keaton a lot. He and to me, like what is the best part about uh Birdman is mm-hmm. is the kind of is the cinematography yeah. and that performance. Yeah, and I, I, I yeah. think the other performer. I think Emma Stone's very good, and I think uh, Edward Norton's very good as well. Yeah, but like, if you're only gonna nom or you know award a couple of things, it's yeah. c- cinematography and that performance by him. Yeah, uh, I saw the film a second time, and this time really tried to pay attention because the first time I thought he's doing really good work, not uh, not amazing, but he's doing really good work, and then just he kept winning one critics award after another, and I thought, okay, well maybe there's. Maybe there's more to it than I think. And the second time I watch it, you realize, like, he's just in a constant state of panic and stress all the time. Yep. And it's totally palpable. You feel right there with him. That, along with, you know, the constant drum score and all that. Like, his performance really helps set the tone of the film. Absolutely. Yeah. And and he and that's – what was I listening to? Oh, I was listening to uh, – oh, boy. Ugh. Sometime this week, I'm going to write an article about why my fellow conservatives, especially conservative commentators, should shut the fuck up about movies. Um, because especially the ones who if, the, if they're conservatives that know movies, great. The commentators of all kinds, they don't stop talking about movies just because they don't know about them right. or haven't seen them. And but there was this one guy who was talking about. Uh, about uh, it seems to him that it's always harder to play a, a real person than than not because well, we that, have that person to compare it to. It's like that is difficult. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Especially if somebody's like a Truman Capote and has like a very sure. We'll know if it's not right. But I disagree. I feel like you at least have something to go off of. Whereas mm-hmm. he, Michael Keaton's playing the only uh, fictional character. In the best actor category, you're absolutely right, and uh, and so he created a character that, that was every that felt every bit as lived in as people that actually existed, yeah. maybe even more so. Um, I felt like his performance was realer than as much as I like Benedict Cumberbatch in uh, Imitation Game. Yeah. yeah, character is by his very nature a little mannered. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, and and also there's so many reasons why I wanted Michael Keaton to win. One is I'm a sucker for the 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 story of Michael Keaton who was Batman. Has has worked consistently yep. since then, 
but has never gotten to that level before, Mm -hmm. even though he could have, he could have been done Batman forever. He could have kept going, but he chose not to and went into relative obscurity as a guy who used to be this. Yep. And then he comes back addressing this choice he made and does maybe the best work of his career and is awarded for it. I like that story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's also, it's also within that. It's also nice that he does in fact do um, really amazing work. Yeah, and the, I feel and like the yeah. film would not work without him. No, I feel yeah. like you need him. And so that that to me, like all the kind of trickier stuff that that Inuritu is doing with the movie, completely works because it's all within his frame of mind. Yeah. So the, the you can go, oh, there's no reason for it to shoot it the way that it does that makes it look like it's like it's him being like this is never ending. Like yeah. there's it, it mm-hmm. just follows him around. He's in a constant state of panic or my world's going to implode at any moment. And, and yeah. like, I feel like everything about the movie is is just pointed at him and the way that he is like mm-hmm. dealing with the situation. Not well. The answer yeah. is that I love listening to directors talk about how they viewed those choices. Mm-hmm. And I heard an interview, I think, on the treatment with uh, Inuritu and. Uh, the Emmanuel Lebesky. Yeah. Chivo, as they call him. They do call him that. Um, and they were talking about how he wanted it to be, he really wanted that continuous shot to put you inside his head and give you a sense of all of this flashing by unstoppably. That there is no, there there is no release right. from the constant motion. And that totally makes sense. And that, I, to me, that is a totally valid artistic choice. Absolutely. Even though I don't, I actually didn't love the way a lot, a lot, some of the transitions I felt were really clunky, and I could always mm-hmm. tell, oh, I'm transitioning from one shot to another. Sometimes it was really great, like when there's like, uh, I think uh, Emma Stone and. Um, and uh, Ed, Norton. Ed Norton are in like the, the rafters or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or like on the grid. And then it sort of goes over the side. And now we're in a totally different yeah. day. So it's like there's some that are seamless. But then there's some that it's almost like there's like a clunky little visual yeah. thing. It's like a weird that happens cloud or whatever. Because they couldn't quite match it. Yeah. And I was like, it, it was so weird to me that that's actually kind of a mistake. Where you never saw that kind of mistake from the same cinematographer in Gravity. Oh, yeah. And granted, it's a different budget, so they've got a yeah. lot more that they can throw at it to make it look better. Um, but I just thought it, it was weird to me that he did get cinematographer for a second year in a row for essentially doing the same thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. For that's essentially, true. I don't want to. I'm not trying to demean it when I call it a trick, but for essentially yeah. the same visual technique, just employed differently. Which which brings me to this question. Do I mean? Uh, and I think I probably already know the answer for myself. Do you think he won because of the constantly moving camera? Because of course, cinematography isn't merely the camera movement. It's also lighting and all that. And when he's walking around, yeah, yeah, when he's walking around in the theater and stuff, I got a really strong sense of the space and the world that he's in. And that is also a function of the cinematography. And on that level, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's this, for lack of a better term, gimmick oh let's say choice there's the choice to have it be constantly moving and and all seemingly one take which is very difficult as well do you think he was probably awarded just for making that choice and doing his best to make it happen i i I guess so i think you know it could just also be that birdman was 
everybody's going to pick it. You know what yeah. I mean? So it could just be that too. But like, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I feel like, um, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel again, that's my favorite movie of last year. So I'm going to harp on it again, but okay. I thought that was really well, uh, well shot and composed and it got everything, you know, uh, it, it didn't have quite as much of the kind of flat thing that, uh, Wes Anderson movies are known for. It mm-hmm. felt like it had a lot more depth and it felt yeah. like the world was a little bit, even mm. though the, the, uh, the hotel itself, the model of the hotel was very flat, everything yeah. about the hotel and everything that they're doing in the town seemed a lot more, a uh, lot, lot fuller, I guess, than what were the others. other nominees for cinematography? Uh, you got Birdman, you got Grand Budapest, you got Ida, you got Mr. Turner and you got Unbroken. I have not seen Mr. Turner or Unbroken. Mr. Turner, you know what, of those, and I, and I've not seen, uh, Ida. Uh, I'm sure it's beautiful. It is. Um, Mr. Turner's my, that's my choice yeah. of those. It is, I don't love the movie, but it is absolutely gorgeous. Would you and say it looks com- like a painting? Yep. Okay. And, and that has to do with, of course, uh, use of color. Right. And of course, composition and willingness to have a nice still frame, uh, as well. And so, yeah, that actually would have been, would have been my choice of those, but, uh, but yeah, I'm fine with Birdman. I, I would have been fine with Grand Budapest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't have a problem with that. I, I think you hit the nail on the head, though, in describing why that cinematography for Grand Budapest was so exciting. Yeah. Because going into the movie, I was worried about that. I was like, I do not want to see just a bunch of flat, you know, sort of lifeless facades. And I mm-hmm. did think that Moonrise Kingdom suffered from some of that. Yeah. Um, even like the little camp they've got really kind of looks like pop-up stuff. Yeah, totally. And I feel like after, um, uh, fantastic Mr. Fox, yeah, he should have gone away from that entire, cause that basically yeah. is, here's everything that I do, but in the way that you'd expect it, which is yeah. a stop motion animation yeah. thing. Yeah. But to see the depth of the hotel in at various points in time yep. was so it was just it was so lush. It yep. was so vibrant. It, it still was, looked like a picture, yeah. but it looked like a, like a full space instead yeah. of just totally a, a flat Absolutely. image. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we should probably look towards ending. Um, I don't have much else to say. I'm trying to think in terms of favorite speeches. I liked uh, the writer of Imitation Game. I really enjoyed uh, J.K. Simmons, as I knew I would. Yep. Even though. He's probably not who I would have personally voted for in that category. Uh, when it came to the BPs, he is not who I voted for. Um, Did you go Duvall just because you love Duvall? Oddly enough, no. Interesting. I went with, uh, I would go with Mark Ruffalo. As would I. Who I think really does wonderful work. Not to say J.K. Simmons is not. But what I will say is whether I would have preferred him to win or not, I like that I now live in a world where J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson. Yep. Uh-huh. Vern Schillinger from Oz yep. has won an Academy Award. Yep, I'm, yeah. I'm so happy for him because, Jason, you and I were talking about this the other day. Um, it's just there are certain actors that are a certain type of character actor. And they're not the, they're not the type that would ever get Oscar recognition. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of, oddly enough, another Spider-Man person like, um, like an Alfred Molina. And just for them to get just the right role that comes at just the right time in their career or just the right year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just opens up this and it and it, it bumps them up to the next level. And now that's where they are. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now everybody realizes just how wonderful J.K. Simmons is. Yeah. And that's very exciting. And me. it's it's kind of more uh, it sort of reminded me of and now I can't remember his name. Uh, he won 
an Oscar a few years ago. Sean Penn. That's it. It was Sean Penn. <laughs> no, uh, he didn't win an Oscar. He was just nominated for an Oscar. But Mark I, Wal was it Mark Wahlberg? No, it was an old, uh, older. He was in Killing Me Soft. Killing Richard me Jenkins. Soft. Yes, him. Jesus yeah. Christ, I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. Um, but he was in everything. Yeah, and then he got nominated for an Oscar, and now it's like. Oh, now he's in everything on purpose. You know what I mean? Like yeah, everybody yeah. knows who Richard Jenkins yeah, is. Yeah. And I feel like we all, most of us knew who JK Simmons was more because he, he's yeah. in more stuff that our generation watches. Yeah. But now, yeah, it, he was just in a, a low budget movie. He was the name in a low budget movie. Miles Teller is an up and coming actor, but he right. wouldn't have been able to carry a movie. Yeah. Um, and now it just you like you said just the right time the right everything and he wins an Oscar for it it's the the coolest well and even Neil Patrick Harris made a nice little reference to it right now like J.K. Simmons is an actor who as of right now is the face of Farmers Insurance yep that's I used to work for that company did you yeah so I remember them say like I remember the rollout of. We are going to begin having a marketing blitz. And I left shortly thereafter, so it never I was wasn't there when it happened. And then I saw the commercials now several years later and going like, Wow, they they nailed it. Yeah. yeah. Like in terms of a commercial that perfect like that fucking jingle that is annoying as shit. Bum, bada, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, it just sticks. Yeah. And that's the whole point of it. And that is and frankly, that is the that's the type of thing that somebody with J.K. Simmons' level of fame gets. Yep. He, he'll be in the Spider-Man movies. He'll get notable roles on TV and stuff like that. He will never have to – he'll never be wanting for work. And, mm -hmm. he, and people who like good acting and pay attention would say, I love that guy. Yeah. But yeah. he still will be the face of a, com of a commercial campaign. Mm -hmm. Now, he's won an Oscar – they bring him on to host Saturday Night Live yep. because of this role and what's associated with it. And it's just neat to see a guy who's been working in not an obscurity. I mean, he was a he was a lead actor on Oz. Yep. You know, he showed yeah. up uh, a lot on uh, Law and Order oh, and yeah, stuff like for that. Years. And he was great on that. Yep. You know, everyone remembers J. Jonah Jameson. Mm -hmm. And because he never because the character never showed up in, in the new Spider-Man movies, like he will always be that character. Yeah. Um, but now he's just now he can be an, a complete lead. Yep. You yeah. know, they could they could cast him as the lead in a film and just they could cast him as villains in movies. And I'm just I'm it sounds strange, but I'm very happy for him. He was kind of it sounds strange. He was kind of my guy for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I had a list of people that if I saw them walking around in Hollywood, I would I would walk over and actually say something. Yeah. Uh, one of them I, was Maurice LaMarche. Uh, who not only did I get to say something, but he was on the show, and that was great. And uh, J.K. Simmons was one of them, and now I get the feeling he's a, a little yeah. too big for that. Yep. Um, but it's, uh, but yeah, and so to see that, I, it, it's almost like when a when a band that you loved for a long time uh, finally breaks out, and you're just like, good for you know. Yeah. In a way, you're bummed out. It's like I knew for years, but at the same time, you're just like. They deserve it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They've they've absolutely earned this. And so yeah. I don't know why I've been talking so long about this. I'm just very happy for him. Yeah. Well, the way I was thinking about it is like he obviously struck up a kinship with this with this director mm -hmm. because sort of in the same way that – although at totally different points in their careers, but like John C. Riley and Philip Baker Hall were in a short film for Paul Thomas Anderson mm -hmm. – 
And then they like, I think when he was a part of the Sundance Lab for his first film, they went up to do a reading with him and stuff like that. J.K. Simmons like helped make the short film to yeah. try to get funding yeah. for Whiplash. You know, a couple years ago, just because it was like, oh, he's developed a relationship with this yeah. with this writer director, and sure, I'll be in your short film so you can try to make a feature. Yeah, yeah, like same way that you know Sally Hawkins and Jim Broadbent did this year for yeah. the Oscar winning film, yeah, the short film. Yeah, exactly. So it's just it it was really it's really cool to kind of see that, especially when. I kind of thought like, oh, okay, J.K. Simmons has found his directing, um, you know, his real his real directing friend in uh, Jason Reitman. Yeah. Um, but I'm so glad that that this sort of project came along. Like you said, at just the perfect time. Yep. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm very happy for him. And he's the exact level of actor that that budget of a movie could yep. get. Yeah. With a great screenplay, which yeah. is what it had. Yeah. Um. And the fact that, I mean, that, that has indie spirit awards all over oh, it, yeah. not Oscar. Yeah. But now we live in a world where the indie spirit awards, uh, Birdman is considered an independent film, yeah. which right. I guess it is technically, but I, well, I feel like it, it's not in the spirit of the independent <laughs> spirit. <laughs> when independent is considered like 20 million or less, yeah. you yeah. know, something's full of shit. Yes. Um, um, yeah, I'm with you. So I, I think, I think that's all I have to say about the evening in general. So, uh, Kyle, uh, if you've got three po- three more points, to okay. make, by all means, make them. But I'm going to throw it to you right now. Okay. Um, I think uh, we've covered a lot of it. Um, I was perfectly happy with the animated feature. I, I, oh, sure. I liked – I didn't see Song of the Sea, but I, I saw the other ones. And Big Hero 6 is probably my one or two favorite. I really liked the tale of uh, the Princess Kaguya, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't think that was going to win. Although – it was maybe the only hand I didn't again. I haven't seen song of the sea, but maybe the only hand drawn one about them. It has a hand drawn feel about it. Um, I thought Ida was a great choice. That's a really good movie. Um, uh, Leviathan was also very good, but um, Ida was kind of a surprise. I didn't expect it to be. It's yeah. very short. It's a very short movie. It's, it's like, on Netflix right now. Sure is. It's and it's gonna, well worth watching. Yeah, it's going to I'm going to make time for it. Um, and, and it was interestingly because it's in black and white and it's in in uh, a, a I think it might be not four, three, but something like that. It's, okay. it's in a pretty small aspect ratio. Um, uh, uh, yeah. And I think everything else kind of fell into place. I was a little surprised that, uh, visual, nothing went to guardians of the galaxy. Cause I thought yeah. that that's a, that's a pretty looking, st- I mean, there's great visual yeah. effects in it and good makeup in it. So and was, good use of color and yeah, all that. And I, I was sort of surprised that that happened. Um, you but, know what? Uh, I do have a question for, uh, for the panel. um, it's just if two the, of us, dude. It's just two of us. Well, me as well. Okay. <laughs> um, if uh, if the years, if the release years of Gravity and Interstellar are reversed, uh huh, does Interstellar Interstellar win more technical Oscars? Like it was like a lot of people, including me, thought that it would get the sound stuff, it would get visual effects, it would get yeah. score, it would get all of those things, all the stuff basically the Gravity got last year. Um, but I feel like because Gravity already got it and the films are – they're not that similar. <clears throat> but what they would be winning for is basically the same. Yeah. And so it, it almost felt like the Academy is like, eh, we already kind of did that last year. Maybe. I don't know. What do, you, do, what do you think? It's possible, but I think the – I think the reception of Interstellar sort of 
although it made a lot of money, kind of took it out of yeah. contention. It was not as well received, at least widely, as Inception. Yeah. You know, and did that, I can't remember how many Oscars that won or, or didn't win. Did it win any technical Inception, awards? Inception, uh, I believe it got cinematography. And uh, I don't remember what else. Okay, so something. Maybe just the one, but I think it got others. Maybe, yeah. Um, but I think, so I think it kind of had to do more with the reception to the movie. Because yeah. he's made stuff that's mind-bending. And yeah, it's, it hasn't been in space. But it's been pretty technically proficient. Yeah. Uh, before, so I I just think it had to do with the reception yeah. uh, that people had to the film. You didn't hear a lot about it no. after December, and yeah. the effects in it are very good. Like yeah. they showed the clip of it after it won, and was like, "Yeah, those are really good effects." I'd yeah. forgotten about those, but like because Guardians of the Galaxy was such like a big hit, and everybody yeah. seemed to like it, you just, you just kind of expect, well, they might give it something. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, hair and hair and makeup went to uh Grand Budapest, which is. Of the three was kind of like, although they did a great job on Tilda Swinton, like she looked a thousand years old, yeah. which I th- I think is really good. But uh, that's kind of, those are the ones that we haven't talked about yet that I want okay. to bring up. Everything else seemed uh, to fit or not. Yeah. Quick thought. Uh, how bullshit was it? Uh, the clip they picked for Gone Girl. Uh, for uh, Rosamund Pike. And you know Lord. what? That was awful. Uh, yeah. Huge spoiler. But they were doing that the whole movie. They were doing... They they spoiled uh, the end of the imitation game. Even though that's history. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it was a scene after... It's the figuring it out scene. And it's yeah. like... There's other stuff before that that they could have picked. There's oh, plenty. yeah. It's the moment yeah. of figuring it out. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you could- <laughs> that's the climax of the movie they showed you. Yeah. yeah. You could actually, you have a much more obvious Oscar clip at the end of the film, which reveals character, but not necessarily like the the mysterious yeah. thriller element of the plot. I mean, they could have even shown one of the scenes where he's talking to Rory Kinnear in in the uh, interrogation room. Yeah. Like yeah. those were good scenes. And it, it's, yeah. it's just him talking for the most yeah. part. Also, the Rosamund Pike clip, I've seen Gone Girl a number of times and I'm like, you've got her mentioning a, a character's name that's not on screen that nobody knows about. So she's referring to this third person and like, it's just such a casual moment that only when you have the full context of the film, does it have any impact? Yeah. Yeah. But there are so many more impactful moments toward the beginning of the film. You could show the moment where uh, she gets proposed to, or like, I mean, there's just so many different things that you could have shown from that film. They wouldn't give it away. And that is that genuinely is a film. And I recognize there's flashbacks and stuff. And maybe you f- they felt like they didn't have a whole lot to draw from that really shows the range of her performance. Which that but, scene doesn't either. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it just and it just frustrates me because like that that genuinely is a film that when the I'll go ahead and say when the twist comes or the reveal, yeah. whatever you want to call it, when that comes Everything about the movie changes and I'm and I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm-hmm. And it's just it, it frustrates me so much. Yeah. L- the only thing I, I will say is that, again, the dialogue is confusing and sort of esoteric to yeah. the movie that someone who hasn't seen it probably has no idea what the fuck she's talking also, about. Also, that clip has more Affleck than it should. I mean, yeah. I have nothing. Yeah. I mean, Affleck's good in the movie also, but like. The clip starts with Ben Affleck. I know. And he has all, like half of the dialogue in it. Yeah. I, I think someone did the percentages. She, of the best actress nominee, she's in the film the least of yeah. any of them. Hmm. Yeah. Which makes sense. A lot of it is is his film as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's their film. Yeah. She's yeah. just 
It's a co-lead. Yeah. But I seem to recall, and I don't remember if it was uh, last year or the year before, but I remember there was a big uproar because in a, in a clip they showed a big twist of a movie of a, like a, an Oscar. Not, Oh yeah. Uh, I don't, again, I don't remember what it was, but it was during uh, the thing where they're presenting the best pictures, you know, one by one uh, over the course of the evening. Okay. And like whatever clip they showed from a movie last year was like super spoil, uh, spoilery. Hmm. And everyone, including me was like, are you shitting me? Why on earth would you do that? Yeah. I recognize you realize it's being televised, right? right? I recognize everybody in the theater theater theoretically has seen the film, but maybe not all of us have. Right. And it's probably still playing. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. And so that kind of thing bothers me uh, well, a lot. Uh, Meg long hasn't seen gone girl. Yeah. And so she was like, Oh, is that a spoiler? Like, she yeah. didn't know it was a spoiler, and then every, we were all right. reacting and was like, "Well, now I know it's a spoiler." Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, that's that's the that whole movie gone for her basically. Yeah, just like Gone Girl. Watch out. Yeah, you blew my mind. Yeah. All right, Jason. Okay, I've got several final things. thoughts. Let's do it. Um, something I love. Okay, loved about the the ceremony. Every single time, something from Grand Budapest one. Like, one of the first people they think is Wes Anderson. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you just get a sense of how much the people working on his film love working on his films. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. So even the fact that he didn't win kind of, I don't know, it's like, okay, this guy's doing a lot right. And clearly these people have such affection for him. Yeah. And I just like that that came out during the ceremony. And the same thing happened uh I'll always go back to Paul Thomas Anderson, but sure. the same thing happened in 2007 when it, uh, there will be blood one cinematography and actor. Both of them just spent time gushing about working yeah. with him. And so I like to see that. I like to just, I guess I just like to hear that kind of talk from the, the nominees yeah. or, or from the winners, as opposed to, I want to thank my manager. I want to thank this. Like, I didn't think the speeches overall were the greatest. I thought there were some great ones in there. Yeah. But I I just think when you take the time to talk about somebody specifically and in a little more depth, or even do what J.K. Simmons did and just talk about calling your mother of all things. Yeah. Uh, you know, that that's meaningful. Or even what Patricia Arquette did, yeah. which I was I mean, I'm much more okay with even though I have sort of conflicted opinions about some of the things she said. I didn't really like her, like, pimping a website. There was something in it's there a, that, It's a charitable thing, so I'm I, okay with that. I, I get that, but there's just something about using an Oscar speech to speak the name of a website. <laughs> that just, It could be, like, savetheworld.org. Yeah. And if one person goes there, it saves the world. It's like, yeah, yeah. save it for the press room. Yeah. <laughs> Was that like last year when uh, Jared Leto thanked his band and made sure to mention every, all my <laughs> my bandmates in Thirty Seconds to Mars? It's like mm, all right, we're on yeah. iTunes now. Yeah, we're on iTunes. Um, this, this is uh, let me. This is our uh, new album. If I could just <laughs> sing a little ditty for you, I'll be selling them in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> you get it about, early. It's out on Tuesday, but I'll have them for you. I got about sixty of them. I'll sign them for you for an extra ten. <laughs> uh, for an extra tenner. <laughs> uh, to what you were saying about. Um, people thanking Wes Anderson, he looked super enthused that yeah. they had won too. He was so excited that they all won. Yeah. And that was great. Same with, uh, is it Damien Chazel or Cazel? I think it's Chazel. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, the, the winners for his film also. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
thanked him as well. So you, I, I just like that. I like getting yeah. the sense of sort of the family, the familial nature of the production crew. And when the editor said, I, I know it's for some reason, I, I like when when people who seemingly have nothing to do with one another still acknowledge one another. Like when he mm-hmm. said special thanks to Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons for giving me such great stuff to work with right. every day. Yeah, that's a neat idea. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, OK, what else you got? So I liked that. Um, okay, so I saw the short live action and short mm-hmm. uh, animated films. Um, I guess I just want to kind of, you know, say uh, the one from Disney one for the animated and the one with two known Hollywood stars yeah. or Hollywood actors, one for uh, live action. Uh, the live action films, you can get that one with Sally Hawkins and Jim Broadbent and you're going to be just fine. Okay. The rest of the films are hit and miss, but seek out those Every single one of those animated shorts is fantastic. They looked beautiful, just what we saw in the in the ceremony. There, there is one called the bigger picture, which is think of a flat wall. It is painted. Every frame is painted, and then there. So it's like these people talking to one another. It's about two brothers dealing with like uh, their their mother who's dying, and so they'll walk across you know the frame. My stomach is hurting. I apologize. Oh, that's I think it's rumbling. Um, but so you <laughs> and so it's like you kind of see some brush strokes kind of left over from things. And then they will like there's a table there that's a physical table mm-hmm. in front of the wall they're being painted on. And so then there will be stop motion, like a hand will reach out Man. and pour some tea and it will take it up to the person's mouth on the wall. I mean, it is these things are visually stunning. Every single one of them. And I don't think any two were alike. So seek those out. They are fantastic. Let me ask you this. As as great as I thought Feast was, and I do, I think it's a very effective film. When I hear stuff like that, I think, and I know this shouldn't, this shouldn't come into play, but I can't help it. Feast had... Tons of resources. Yeah. It's a Disney film. It had millions of dollars at its disposal. It it could have had billions. (laughs) They're like, we're Disney. What do we, we'll just, uh, we'll just jack up Disneyland parking another dollar. Right. Um, it's gone up $1 every year, by the way, for the last six years. Anyway. Wow. um, Yeah. It's bullshit. But, um, although I guess I understand. Um, but this other one, uh, what is it called? The big picture? The bigger picture. The bigger picture. That's, I mean, that's painstaking. Yeah, it's it's almost not experimental, but I mean they're really trying to to mm-hmm. push themselves. And my guess they didn't ha- they probably didn't have a huge budget to do it. Yeah, and so again, I don't think that shouldn't that shouldn't matter if Feast is considered a better film. Great, right? Um, but part of me is just like, oh, but Feast was always going to be good. Mm-hmm. This didn't. This could have been terrible, but right, it's right. amazing. Yeah. yeah. At, ha- at like one, I don't know, millionth of the price. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it, it's uh, very, I guess, kind of populist of me to say that, but it's just, I don't know. It's a thing yeah. I think about. I sometimes. mean, the craft of, of Feast is totally undeniable. Absolutely. It is. It is it's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out that they are all really, really wonderful. Yeah. Are they going to have, because I know in years past they've put out like a DVD of the shorts. Of, of Maybe. I know they're all available like on various platforms. Yeah. Okay. Right now. Okay. Um, yeah. Vimeo so, yeah. usually has ones you can watch. Yeah. Vimeo does. I know. I'm pretty sure iTunes does. And then I think there's a, just a shorts film channel. Oh, wow. Um, oh, that's neat. Yeah. So um, I would, I would really recommend seeking those out, especially because I have made a short film yeah. recently. Um, 
you next know, year we will be talking about yours. I'm buddy. gonna guess no. I'm gonna oh. guess uh, probably not. Okay. Um, but but yeah, they were re- they're really really worth worth the time. Okay. All right. All right what, what else you got? Is that it? Let's see if that's it. Let's check the list. He's checking it twice. Oh, this fucker's sad. Kill you. Oh, I had my theories. Yeah. The, the He's really judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the foreign film director refusing to be played. Amazing. Off. Oh my god. Fucking fantastic. The music meant nothing, and I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Because a couple other people after that, yeah, also and he, kept talking. And his speech was great. He yep. was th- like, he thanked his parents who were who like had passed on. Yeah. He was. Yeah. I mean, he was rattling it off, but it was like it was so emotional. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I do like that kind of thing, which is, I mean, I guess they can always cut his mic, but my guess is you do that, you get an audience booing. Yeah, especially in the thing, because that was like the fourth award, maybe. And also, it's, I mean, it's it's the foreign film director. English is clearly not his first language, but he's delivering it in not his first language. Maybe, how about this? Give him another another thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. And maybe uh, how about the you cut the Lady Gaga bit out completely and right. give everyone as much time as they want. And he, he, I think he said one thing about uh, he was like, you know, I made a film about sort of retreating into silence, and now here I am at the epicenter of noise. <laughs> I love that. That's a very Polish thing to say too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was a really good yeah, speech. He was and, great. It, and it actually happened later. I think it was the short shoot. Was it the short documentary? Short documentary Maybe. where they were they were talking and and the music started coming on and then she mentioned I think her son who she had lost to suicide yeah and the yeah. music <laughs> like basically cut off because yep. they're like okay we're not going to play out this woman while she's talking about her son who killed himself right yeah um and so yeah and there was there was actually a fair I think like three people just waited the music out yeah right and uh, I admire that the yeah. uh, the the short film the the two British guys. I did not expect uh, chimney sweeps to come out and talk about <laughs> having one. That one guy, that he, <laughs> he was nuts. It's like they were doing a bit. Yeah. He was I like, they were bit. characters from, I don't know, the mighty Boosh or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That was so weird. <laughs> I liked that guy a lot. And then I have to, you know, we weren't, I, I don't tweet a lot during the ceremony. I did. I, I tweeted, you, tweeted a you tweeted like a fucking madman. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at Kyle. Um, but there was a tweet by a guy and it just cracked me the fuck up and it was, I'm going to say his name so everyone can see it. I get at Depp ish, I S C H. And it's a picture of John Travolta looking at Benedict Cumberbatch (laughs) well before there, the, any of the bit with Travolta. And he's looking at him rather predatorially. And it just says, I'm going to kill you, Brenda Dirk Crample Crunch. (laughs) It just, it was the most delightful thing. It was the best tweet of the night. Yeah. uh, I will, I'll tell you, I'll tell the listeners what I told you guys. So I sent out several tweets and and some of them people seem to respond to. But I thought, so I saw that there was a promoted, one of those promoted tweets from Del Taco. And so I just thought it'd be funny. And it had nothing to do with the Oscars. So I thought it'd be funny to just retweet it. People went out of their, people loved it. They went out of their minds. They're like, ah, that's hilarious. Great retweet. I was like, you know, I've been, I've been actually writing tweets as well. No, you like my dumb little, uh, that Uh dumb instinct I had. So that was my proudest moment of the evening. Kyle had one that people really took to. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, which I kind of already mentioned here on the thing, but about, uh, 
uh, Julie Andrews saying Lady Gaga's name out loud. People right. really seemed to enjoy that yeah. one. And yet she was not called... See, Lady Gaga, because that's her name, she'll always be called Lady. Yeah. Sounds classy. Meanwhile, they can't call her Jame... Uh, sorry, Dame uh, Julie Andrews. Yep. Come on. Like Jame Duty Dench? Jame... <laughs> Jame... Jame Duty Dench. Yep. Um, so, uh... That, I, that's all I had. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I think that's about it. Again, uh, so I think ceremony, obviously, I think we were all fairly underwhelmed. Yeah. As far as winners, it, you know what? I expected to be bored all night for a number of reasons, yeah. when in fact I was bored only for a few. Yep. Um, and, I'm sorry, one very last thing. Okay. Do you realize last year they did the uh, science, science and Technical Awards with the Honorary Oscar Awards? Now even the Honorary Oscars are like, we get our own fucking ceremony. Yeah. Oh, Don't yeah. put us with the science guys. Yeah, yeah. So now there are three different ceremonies. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I forgot because they did the honorary ones a long while ago. They yeah. did it forever ago because uh, I remember Hayao Miyazaki winning. Yeah. Uh, Well-deserved. But yeah, um, that was like in November, even earlier, maybe October. Yeah. Like that was forever ago. I, st- I still wish. I recognize that when you do that cer- that separate ceremony that you can give lifetime achievement Oscars to more people. Cause it's usually, it, it used to be one or two a year. Now yeah. it's about five. Right. So I recognize you can do that and that's nice. But, um, but the thing I, I wish that they, how awesome would it be to have everybody just standing and cheering for Hayao Miyazaki? Right. No kidding. And, yeah. and maybe just maybe people would say, Hey, who's that guy? Yeah. Why are they cheering him on? What did he do? Right. I guess I'll look him up. Yep. Or they would undoubtedly show a montage of clips from his amazing films. Yeah, sure. Hey, that'd be a gr- you know what? Okay, so you show a couple clips from the honorary Oscars. At least give them a montage of stuff during the show. Yeah, that's going to be way shorter than their speech, which yeah. can sometimes go on a while. Yeah, yeah. And it's I don't know. It, it's again, I recognize with the sound, sound of music thing, like they they're trying to honor the past and all that but that's what you're doing when you give somebody a lifetime achievement you're yeah. honoring everything that they've done but you're not going to honor it you're going to honor it for about 25 seconds along with everybody else yeah. during a section of the ceremony that just screams unimportant yeah right although now i really really want them to make uh, a harry belafonte Sidney poitier buddy cop movie because that would be <laughs> yeah, awesome so. you mean right now yeah this very second okay oh yeah. boy it's going to be, <laughs> yeah, the zingers aren't going to be, uh, where's, flying uh, fast. where's old studio Jim? <laughs> what does studio Jim think about this? Studio if Jim. I, if I remember the voice that we did for him, yeah, uh, I, I'd, I'd whip him out right now, <laughs> right. but, uh, okay. I think we will leave it there. Um, guys, thank you so much for, uh, sure, for talking about the ceremony. I love uh, doing it. Listeners, I hope, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, David will be back next week. We will be finally wrapping up. Our uh, our end of the year coverage as we talk about the individual achievements that we really liked. Um, well into March at this well point. Into, at that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say real quick that uh, speaking of end of the year stuff, there are various top ten lists. There is the uh, the Battleship Retention ten worst movies. Which, by the way, take that with a grain of salt. Because no shit, I disagree <laughs> with basically all of them. All of them? Almost. Almost all of them. You saw God's Not Dead. I did. I don't know. It has. It's at least made. It's. It. <laughs> you can see it. You can hear it. 
Is it dumb? Yeah. Hey, leave uh, the Christmas movie on there. That can stay. Yeah. That's a whole different level. You've got to have tears of terrible, don't yeah. you? Oh, don't get me wrong. When RoboCop wound up being the le- the worst movie, adding everything up, when it wound up being the worst movie of last year, and Saving Christmas was second worst, I was like, this is an injustice. <laughs> this is really... Like, RoboCop had actors in it, saying lines. It was a... There big, were concepts. Someone had to do some, some production design. Yeah. We heard today... It was occasionally effective in the way it intended... <laughs> Very exciting. That cannot be said of Saving Christmas. Uh, but uh, and I would also like to say for those that because we didn't make a big. Uh, well, if you follow us on Facebook, we made a big deal of it. But uh, but yeah, uh, the the second annual BP's Awards Woo! are now available as well. Um, I'm very proud of them. Um, I think we all did a great job. Good job, everybody. Yeah. And I yeah. had a lot of fun with Photoshop this year. You so did. it was great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant to email everybody ahead of time and say, hey, I'm doing this. What do you think? And I forgot. Well, last year's your picture for me was so good that everyone <laughs> thought that I was at the Oscars and had met Michael Douglas. Yeah, That's I know. Which is wonderful. Yeah. No one thought I was actually anywhere this year. So that this year helped my mom and grandma out. <laughs> <laughs> this year, everybody thought Scott was there in a blue suit and a top hat. <laughs> it's wonderful. And it's, you know, it's a nice compliment to me that people are being fooled. But I'm like, oh, I wasn't trying to punk anybody yeah, and, yeah. and make uh, make uh, middle-aged women look dumb. Exactly. But uh, what choice do I have? So, um, Anyway, so yeah, you can find all that at BattleshipPretension.com. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. I'm always very proud of our end-of-the-year coverage. And by the way, we also put a lot of work into it. So please, take a look. So, all right. Uh, Thank you guys once again for being here. Thank you all for listening. And we will get you next time. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.